This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Save time and money no matter what you ship or mail with SendPro Online software. Print shipping labels and stamps right from your desk and access discounted rates for as low as $4.99 a month. Try it for free for 30 days and get a free 10-pound scale when you visit pb.com slash TMS. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, aggressive Wi-Fi bands. Scout builds up Bill. Bill builds up nothing. James Buchanan winks from gay heaven. Don't trigger your pacemaker. Always look on the bry side of life. The dude and buddy condition. All Taco Bell must pass. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Time to check my social media. Yeah. Just see who loves me online. Hashtag bless life. Oh, this is futile. No, it isn't. The Morning Stream. Sweep the leg. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It is TMS for June 25th, 2019. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How was your morning? Uh, good. You know, it's so far it's been a very, uh, very pleasant morning. Went up and did some lift rides as, as per usual mm-hmm. in my life. You yeah. know, the per usual. Yeah. I hear you had a couple uh, of, uh, use that. couple of, uh, chatty ladies this morning. Is that true? Vocal fry. It was actually uh, me taking a couple of vocal fry, the vocal fry twins on a tour of Boulder because they chose, um, they chose shared ride. Yeah. And, through you know just through random chance through the again the roll of the lift dice um they ended up in the car for two other people's rides oh. and the whole time and i don't think they they would they didn't seem to mind like you know i when i dropped somebody off i'd say okay we're now returning you to your regularly scheduled ride and they're like oh, it's totally fine <laughs> uh, so and they're like talking to each other i'm listening to the whole thing yeah I'm so hungover. I really shouldn't have made that sandwich last night because I couldn't sleep. It's so bright in my room in the morning. <laughs> what? Why? Uh, why? Wait, hold on. I, now I'm confused. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know a ride could end up with more people on it mid-ride. Is that a thing? Yeah. If you choose a shared lift, yeah, then a shared ride. It's cheaper, but you run the risk of other people being joined on your ride. Have you not seen the Camille Nanjani and Dave Batista uh, trailer for Stuber yet? I saw the trailer, but I didn't realize it was any more than just those two in there. Unless, well, I guess I didn't, I don't remember very well. Also, that movie looks like it might be terrible. I'm worried. It it looks like it will, it looks like it will be terrible, but yeah, yeah, no, the, the whole premise or what, not the whole premise. One of the premises in the trailer is that uh, Dave Batista doesn't realize he did a shared ride, and they end up picking up a couple women on the way to the you know official police business. Uh, that uh, and he chases them out of the car with his menacing look and his really stupid glasses. Okay, fair enough. He is really cool looking, yeah. but um, yes, I, I fear for the quality of that film. I don't think it's going to be oh good. It's it's definitely worth fear. It's uh yeah. Which is kind of Definitely. a bummer. What's the what's it called again? Ride what is Stuber? it? Stuber, S T U B E R, like 
stupid Uber, I'm guessing is the, or maybe, oh no, the guy is uh, named Stu. The Camille Nanjani character is named. Uh, the whole feel, thing feels like an Uber commercial a little bit, right? <laughs> it kind of does. Well, no, it feels like. Um, it's a lot of product placement. It, it, with that it's name. a lot of product placement because it is, you know, it is Uber you know pr featured very prominently throughout the whole thing but i don't think it i don't think it paints uber in the best light so they might not want it as advertising because uh you know it makes uh camille nanjani look like a really moronic uber driver yeah in the uh and i like him he's a yeah. hoot that dude i do too i also like dave batista yeah, so yeah the interplay between uh camille nanjani and um Dude from Freaks and Geeks and Party Down, whose name is I'm blanking on, but uh, uh, their oh. interplay on um, Silicon Valley yeah. is maybe the thing I like. Well, it's certainly the thing I like most about that show, and it might be the only thing I really like about that show. Oh wow, that's hard. That's some hard looking talk right there. <laughs> hard criticism. I think the show's okay, yeah. but uh, man, you get Guilfoyle and. Uh, um, Martin Starr, that's right. Yeah, Martin, Martin Starr. Star, Martin yeah. Starr and Camille Johnny in, uh, in Silicon Valley. Their interplay is fantastic. Yeah, freaking Bill from uh, Freaks and Geeks. He's the best. That's right. He is the best. And he's the easiest person to imitate from the opening. That oh, I freaking <laughs> love it, The spot where they're all posing for their uh, photo pictures. and Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> he's the man. Yeah. I like him a lot. All right, yeah, they should have called. Went from looking like the biggest nerd in the world to looking like a guy is like, oh, man, dude, I want to hang out with that guy. He seems so funny and sarcastic. And Side note, uh, I yes. would have called this movie Rideshare. That's what I would have called it. I think Stuber, uh, Stuber is a dumb scare. name. Or Ride Scare is even better. That's even better. Ride Scare. Yeah. yeah. I'll take scare. any of that over Stuber. Stuber. Stuber yeah. sounds like a it's, stupid tuber. <laughs> <laughs> Stuber sounds like, oh, this might be about as good as Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Lasarge is right. Ride Scare sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, a little bit. 57% currently in Rotten Tomatoes. Only seven reviews, though, so that could improve for them. I don't know. I didn't even think it was out. Is it, uh, is it actually no, out? No, it's just coming soon. July 12th, looks like. Okay. And they've okay. got just seven early reviews for it, so... I don't know how red. Wow, but it's rocking a it's rocking a fifty eight percent. Yeah, fifty seven percent out of what's see one two three four five six seven total reviews, but it's all uh, websites like We Live Entertainment or Ver oh I guess Variety is wow. a big one. Uh, slash Film liked it. Hollywood Reporter kind of liked it, and RogerEbert.com, which still runs reviews from people, hated it. So good luck yeah. to Stuber. If, uh Man, what kind of world do we live in where the new Men in Black film with Tessa freaking Thompson mm -hmm. uh, is doing worse than a film about a uh, uh, inept Uber driver who picks up uh, an angry on-the-edge FBI or, uh, cop or whatever he is. Yeah, Men in Black International rocking a 23%. Uh, no one likes this. Let's see. Oh, that's right. He is in both. He does the voice of that little, that little acorn-looking dude. Oh, he does? Yeah. Well, he's getting around now, isn't black. he? He's getting all over yes, the place. Yes, he's getting quite a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of the Twilight Zone yet? The CBS All Access Twilight Zone? No, is he in that too? He's in one of the first two two or three. We watched the the first couple out of order because I really wanted to see the Nightmare on 20,000 Feet remake with Adam Scott. But um, uh, he's in one of the first couple as a comedian who's whose jokes have a very surprising effect, Scott. Mm. Without issuing any spoilers, he's a comedian who's not doing very well, 
who uh, whose jokes all of a sudden because he because he makes a deal with the devil. I don't know if he makes a deal with the devil. He makes a he gets some advice from uh, oh uh, uh, Tracy Morgan. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> That's as good as the devil. That's fine. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not selling this episode of the Twilight Zone very well, am I? No, but it sounds like I need to check that out. I mean, he's in so many things. Yeah. And I'm I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen any Silicon Valley, not even one. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen. I, not that I don't want to. I just haven't done it. Well, know? it's uh, Berg. Uh, Dave Berg, the guy who does Barry, does that as well. It's not. I don't think it's as well written as, as uh, Barry, but it's. Oh, wait, Dave Berg, the co- I thought it was. Uh, um, Matt or uh, what's his name? The uh, King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead. Oh, Judge, right? Mike, Mike Judge. Judge. Yeah, Mike Judge. Isn't it Mike Judge? Well, Mike there Judge. is a connection. Isn't there a connection? Hold maybe, on. A maybe second. they I thought co- there was a connection between Barry and uh, maybe they co-created it. Not, not Dave Berg, Alec Berg. Maybe they maybe they co-created it or something. I think they co-created it because I think Alec Berg is involved somehow with. Uh, hmm. well, maybe maybe it's just the fact that one's on right after the. Yeah, it could be that. It's right all blending the to, blending together. Is I didn't... that really it? I guess that... No, here we go. Uh, Silicon Valley executive producer, Alec Berg. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense, though, because... Yeah. Uh, it's H- a Mike Judge. HBO shows have a lot of that uh, trickle down with their shows. Like, mm-hmm. somebody will be working on something and then move over to another project, and then everyone will go, oh, those, that guy worked on both HBO shows. That happens a lot. Uh, by the way, I didn't notice this before. Now I'm more excited than ever because I was digging around uh, Rotten Tomatoes here looking for those reviews. And um, Sure. I didn't know how, uh, Tony Hale played Forky in the new uh, Toy Story 4. I had no oh, idea. really? He's the voice of Forky? Yeah, that uh, that like freaked yeah, out yeah, little yeah, trash monster. Yeah, the makeshift uh, plastic fork pipe cleaner. Yeah, I'm more excited than ever. Also, that thing is killing it. That's got like, oh my lord, uh, 98% tomato meter. 95% audience wow. score. Um, let's see. 325 reviews. That's really good. A percentage. Let's see. Verified rating. 17,630 people make up 95% audience score. That's strong. I want to see it. I hope uh, I hope enough people go see that movie that it keeps uh, <laughs> Tom Merritt firmly in second place in the... Uh, in the uh, summer movie draft. I do, too. I'm really pushing for him for second place. Or, is that Am- or does Amtrekker have? Tom has... Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, he has he Lion has King. King. Yeah, he has Lion King. He has Lion King. That's right. Amtrekker has uh, uh, Toy Story 4. Wait a minute. Keanu Reeves is in Toy Story 4? Oh, my gosh, he is. I need toys. He's too- Lots of toys. His name is Duke Kaboom. And his, his name was character. Kaboom. Okay, so he's like a G.I. Joe. Oh, no, I guess we already had a G.I. Joe. We had Sarge. Guess so. Duke Kaboom. Uh, Joan Cusack is back. Bonnie Hunt. Kristen Shaw is in here as Trixie. Oh, she was in the last one in three. She, you know, if you're doing an animated film and you don't have Kristen Shaw, you're doing it wrong. Blake Clark will be playing Slinky Dog because what's his name died. Jim Varney ain't yeah, around Jim no more. Jim Varney. Yeah. Uh, Don Rickles oh, is still Mr. Keanu Reeves' character is the uh, Canadian evil Knievel. Oh, the, good. Uh, good, good. That's perfect. Kaboom. Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. what you want. Uh, Don Rickles, Don Rickles is in it again, or he's credited in it, but I sure. assume that's old dialogue because he's dead. He'd be dead. No, I thought he's. Oh I hell thought Don no. Rickles was still alive. He is long dead. Remember that Vegas trip I took, and they did the big tribute up on the Fremont ceiling for him and all that. Oh yeah, you're right. 2017. You're right. I I uh, forgot that he passed away. Because it's funny, I just saw him on a comedians in cars getting coffee, and so I thought. 
um obviously older episode <laughs> yeah yeah good one though that was a great episode i totally enjoyed that really was so yeah great. a couple i love, couple I love when jerry meets up with like especially oh man the mel brooks carl reiner episode oh yeah of comedians in cars is fantastic with carl reiner sitting in front of jeopardy with a tv tray and a bowl of soup from yep. the deli yep and it's not a bit it's like him genuinely that's those guys every night hanging out like that's yes, right it's Watching the best Jeopardy together yeah oh, man. it's the best Mel Brooks. can you imagine a better friendship that goes on for eternity it's an amazing one i love I that i can't scott i can i can imagine ours will be that someday you and i will get together virtually over the internet and we'll <laughs> we'll be 80 years old and we'll be talking about hey because we would get together for green river sushi <laughs> A little bowl of soup Jeopardy in front of 3000 us. Jeopardy 3000 is on. Should we watch a little Jeopardy 3000? Yep. Reconstituted. It's really early for uh, its time, but it's <laughs> it's really good. How's Alex Trebek doing? Let's see. Uh, you know he's got talent. He does have talent. I want to see. He's, oh, actually, a... he's actually said he's been doing really well. Like, uh, Let's see, he's uh, beating the odds. Updates his illness. Let's see. This was on. Oh, yeah. Recently he says he's doing good. And he says he's on for next season. Okay, that's good. That's a hard uh, one to beat. You got the pancreatic, you're in trouble. Yeah. So uh, I'm. That's makes good me happy to hear that. That guy shouldn't die. Too. We need him around. He's great. We do. We absolutely do. All right, Brian. I want to do a quiz today, and uh, I did not click that link. I love the title of it though, so I'm excited about it. Yep. The title. Although, like, the yeah. fact that it's BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. It's probably worries me a little bit. Yeah, it'll probably BuzzFeed be BS. quizzes are it's BS. It's yeah. all crap. I would call miss more than hit is what I would say. Oh, really? But okay, for this right. show, we're going to do it anyway. All right? That's how it's right. going to go. Right. So here are the questions, and uh, I'm going to read them, and then you're going to answer them, and I'll give you the multiple choices that are available. Is that how a quiz works, Scott? Yeah, that's how a quiz that, works. Is this, the first que- is this the first question? This must be the first <laughs> quiz you've ever done because clearly I don't know how quizzes work. All right, so here we go. How, <laughs> right. how the, the question overall is how big of a Beatles fan are you? Okay, and I think you're probably Ooh. a pretty big Beatles fan. 237 pounds of Beatles fan. Oh, that's a lot of Beatles fan fanage. Uh, well, here's your first question. Let's see how this one lands on you. What was the only song written by George Harrison to be released as a single? And I can give you multiple choice if you'd like to hear them. Um. All right. I think it's something... But I will hear the four choices. The four choices are Taxman, Something, as you just mentioned, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and I'm Happy Just to Dance With You. Oh, shoot. It might be that fourth one. Um, I mean, all four of those are George Harrison penned songs. Yeah. Um, I feel like they might be either they're throwing the uh, Happy Just to Dance With You, which was very early, like... um, Pre hard days and night, if I remember correctly. Uh, um, boy, let's see. I'm gonna stick with something because it was the it was the my first thought. All right, here we go. Clicking it. All right, it says correct. All right, good. Uh, okay, good. I would have said uh, E. While my guitar gently whips. Nope. I would have said E. Oh, you got my mind set on you. I would have said E. <laughs> I'm just going to start my sentences, and I'd like you to finish them all. That would be great for the rest of the show. <laughs> e, here comes the sun. <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, number two. What year did John say the Beatles were more popular than Jesus? And your options are uh, 66, 67, 64, or 65. 
I feel like these are it out was, of order to throw you, probably. Yeah, it was later in their um it was later in their tenure. They were pretty much wrapping up in nineteen sixty nine. So it's either gonna be seventy uh sixty seven or sixty eight. Mm. I'm gonna say sixty seven. Sixty seven here goes. The answer is 66, it says. Uh, uh, Beatles. Oh, wow. It was when they, they were doing an American interview. and uh, Yeah, and there's, uh, there's the, and, you should see these headlines. It's like it's almost like the internet existed then. This is good to actually see. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the newspaper reporters were all angry internet bloggers. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, here's your third question. Which song was not musically referenced in All You Need Is Love? And here are the songs, and you can decide which one was not referenced in there. Okay. Okay. In mm-hmm. the Mood by Glenn Miller. La Marseillaise, whatever that is, a French national anthem. Uh, Love Me by Elvis Presley. And She Loves You by The Beatles. All right. Uh, so All You Need Is Love begins with uh, La Marseille, the French. Da na 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 na. So You're that's right. for sure in there. And She Loves You, Yeah, 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 is at the very end um, when they're repeating All You Need Is Love. You hear uh, Paul going, She Loves You, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. All right, so those two definitely out. The, the other two are Love Me by Elvis Presley. Yeah. And what was the other one? Uh, she Loves You, let's see, Love Me and In the Mood by Glenn Miller. In the Mood. I think it's in the mood by Glenn Miller. I don't think is um, no reference is is referenced. It's one of those two. It's either love me or in the mood. I'm going to say it's in the mood. Although I can't think of can't think of how either one of them is referenced in there. But. Yeah, I can't hear it either. To be honest, like I'm, yeah. the song. All right, I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, it's in the mood. In the mood. <clears throat> it was love me by Elvis Presley. It was it love me. Yeah. Shoot, I wonder how it's how that's referenced in there. I don't huh. know. It's weird. All treat right. me like a fool. Treat me mean and cruel. <laughs> That's my impersonation. Nicholas Cage impersonating Elvis Presley. That's pretty good. Well, from what, the movie, from the movie uh, Natural Romance, uh, Wild at Heart. Yes, <laughs> very good. Uh, all right, next. <laughs> uh, all right, so Elvis was not in there. Let's do this one. Do uh, who of the following were never a member of the Beatles? Okay. Okay. So these are people who are never a member of the Beatles. I'm going to give you the names uh, as written here. There are four of them. Stuart Sutcliffe, sure. Tommy Moore, Jimmy Nickel, or Arthur Mack. Ooh, dang. All right, Stu Sutcliffe is the only one that I know for sure was a member of the Beatles. Yeah. Wasn't um, he the drummer? His story is he told was, in the... Uh, he's a drummer. No, he was oh. a guitarist. Pete Best was uh, a drummer, oh, and I think right. Jimmy Nickel was a drummer too um, during the studio sessions for... Um, uh, for she loves you, if I remember correctly, or okay. I want to hold your hand. I'm sorry, I want to hold your hand. Okay. Um, what? Uh, who are the other two? The other two are Arthur Mack and Tommy Moore. I think I want to say Tommy Moore was another studio musician at Abbey Road Studios. I'm going to say it's Arthur Mack. No, Arthur. you know what? I'm going to say Tommy Moore. Tommy, Tommy Moore is Tommy not, Moore. Final answer, Tommy yes. Moore. Here we Final go. answer, Tommy Moore. Arthur Mack is the correct answer. Ah, dang Me- it. <laughs> Member of the Peacemakers. Well, down to the 50-50s and blowing it. Yeah, I guess Brian Epstein managed both bands, and so he brought him in. Uh, what was, oh, what was the other band? Uh, the other band is the Peacemakers. Sorry, the Pacemakers. The oh, pacemakers. the Pacemakers. Uh, right, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, do you know anyone with a pacemaker? This is an offshoot question. You ever met anybody who's I got don't one? I think I do. I, I mean, I've met people who've had them, but I don't currently know anybody in my life, in my life, uh, uh, who's do, who uh, has a pacemaker. I don't either. I don't think I know anyone with a pacemaker. I kind of wish I did because I want to know what that's like. I want to put my ear up to their chest and hear what's going on inside there. Chat room says yeah. people, what? Oh, I do? LC Knight has one. So, Elsie Knight, oh, can, okay. you, can you go through like airport security and do all the things you want to do, or is there any issues with it? Do you ever? What do you worry yeah, about? Are there things that are there things that trigger? Yeah, you have to be very careful of that remotely trigger your pacemaker. Yeah, if somebody's Bluetooth? like <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> a very aggressive Wi-Fi band. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Like I, with all yeah. these new bands or all this new bandwidth we use and all these frequencies you use, are are you at risk at all, or are you just fine? I don't know. I'm curious. All right. He'll answer when he answers. Oh, he says, I have a card which gets me uh, to skip the scanners, but then I get wanded. Oh, that's scary, too, getting wanded. Those yeah. aren't supposed to well, go up your butt. On, depends on who's doing the wanding. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't want that wand up your butt. That's what they do to me every time I go. I hate it. A very aggressive wanding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Fish called wanded. <laughs> Here's one for you. What song was the B-side to Lady Madonna? And your options oh, are Rain. Obladio is my guess, but I want to hear the rest. Rain, Revolution, The Inner Light, I Am the oh. Walrus. There is no Obladio Blada. I'm pretty Blada. sure it was uh, Revolution now that I hear those choices. Let's check it out. The Inner Light is the correct ah. answer. The Inner, inner light, light, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there you go. I hate uh, A-side and B-side questions <laughs> because I didn't grow up in a world where where those were as much a thing as they were before I was born. Right. You and I, it was all tapes and uh, singles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Didn't really mess with that. What where? was on the, what was the fourth track on the CD reissue of <laughs> <laughs> Lady Madonna? Totally. All right. all right. Next question. This is number six. Where was the last Beatles stadium concert performed? Your options oh, are London, Stadium, I think. Uh, London, San Francisco, Manila, or Liverpool. Oh, really? God, I could have sworn that. Okay. I thought their last stadium tour was in uh, America at Shea Stadium, and Paul said, I don't want to do these anymore. But all right. So I'm sorry. The four, uh, the four choices again, Liverpool, Manila. Uh, San Francisco and London. Oh, San Francisco. Okay. It was San Francisco. Not Shea. What is the stadium in San Francisco? I thought Shea was in... Isn't Shea Stadium back east? Well, I may have that wrong in my head. Shea Stadium. I might I have it wrong too, but it's definitely Shea Stadium. Oh, it's Candlestick, right? Or, I mean, I'm sorry. It's definitely, definitely uh, San Francisco is what I mean. San Francisco, all right, gotcha. Uh, the answer is correct. Uh, they played at the yeah. Candlestick Park, is what you were thinking of as the park. Candlestick is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and Paul, Paul leaned over during the show, leaned over to John, and his big complaint was that the screaming was so loud that. There's no way the audience, because of an audience that size, um, there was no way they could hear the music and the Beatles could barely hear the, themselves play. Yeah, so they're like, I don't want to do these anymore. These are just a place for us to hang this up like paintings and have people scream at us. That's like, pretty much all it exactly. is. Exactly. We, you know, we, we could just be mo going through the motions up here and uh, they'd have no idea because they can't hear us over their screaming. Yeah, it's very weird. All right, we got a question here. Who drew the cover art for the album Revolver? How are you going to even know this? All oh, right. That's Astrid... Uh, go ahead and give me the give me the four choices. Klaus Vormann, uh, Peter Max, Alan Aldridge, and Heinz Elderman. Why is the name Astrid not in there? I could have <laughs> sworn that was uh, 
It was Stu Sutcliffe's girlfriend, I thought. The cover of Revolver. The hand-drawn... Um, yeah, it's all inky and weird looking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's like... Uh, it's got, very, it's got photos integrated in it, like collage stuff going on. Right. All right. So Peter Mac's definitely out. He's the guy who did that that art for Yellow Submarine, like the right. the Apple Bunkers and the uh, the Flying Glove and stuff like that. That one's so trying Peter to Max throw you, out. I think. They're trying to throw you with Peter Max. Totally, because he did do artwork for the Beatles. Yeah. Klaus Vorman. Yeah. Klaus Vorman might be might be it um god i could have sworn it's funny again i I thought it was uh uh Stu sutcliffe's girlfriend astrid who did that but what are the other are are any of them a lady uh unless heinz elderman is a lady no no all right so heinz elderman klaus vorman what was the third the one i have left uh, alan aldridge we already eliminated peter max yeah we are eliminated peter max Uh, he's been eliminated um Let's go with Aldridge. Aldridge. Click. Yeah. It was Klaus Vorman. It was Klaus. Huh. Uh, friend okay. of the Beatles from their days in Hamburg. Aside from being a graphic artist, he was a musician and record producer who remained friends of the Beatles throughout their entire career. Uh, all right. Next question. Hey. What is the only Beatles single in which they don't play any instruments? You'll totally get this. Oh, uh, Across the Universe would be my... Let's, yeah, let's let's hear the choices, but across the universe is acapella, so all right. Options. Oh no, it's not. There's a little keyboard in there, but all right, let's let's hear what, what we got. Revolution number nine. Or revolution nine, I guess. Uh-huh. Be- sure. Because uh she's leaving home and Eleanor Rigby. Because that's the one that's uh that's all acapella. Let's try it out. Eat Eleanor Rigby, it says. What? None really? of the Beatles play any instruments on the song. They didn't. Uh, they didn't on "She's Leaving Home" either. But that was never released as a single. So oh, I didn't really. I didn't realize that. I mean, I know it's orchestral backed, uh, Eleanor Rigby, and I, you know, I guess. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know what? You're not wrong to have aimed for a cappella, obviously. Yeah, that's I mean, because least... because is the one that does have keyboard. Like it's got a clavichord, um, a clavichord background to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. All right, okay. we're getting down this tone stretch here. Who never performed on a Beatles record? Okay, here are your options. Right. These Jeez. are going to be famous names. You're going to know these names. Eric okay. Clapton. Mm-hmm. While my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, Mara Marianne Faithful. Sorry, for some reason that name looked weird in my head. Yoko okay. Ono and Eric Burden. Oh, Eric Burden from The Animals. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I think Yoko performed on... Um, she did something backing vocal-wise or, or something in on um, uh, the Let It Be album. Uh, and I know for sure Eric Clapton was the, one of the guitarists in While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Okay. That was when the whole Patty Harrison thing was going on. That leaves you Marianne um, and Burden. Uh, Eric Burden. Marianne Faithful feels like she I mean she was involved in that whole New York scene that that Paul McCartney and John would have pulled her in for so I'm going to say Eric Burden of the animals Eric Burden not not um never performed on a Beatles record you would be ding 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 correct that is Ah, correct jeez he never did I needed something to redeem myself (laughs) from all of these that's a good one. All right. Uh, which Beatles song is considered the first song to ever utilize guitar amplifier feedback and your options are Day Tripper, I Feel Fine, Can't Buy Me Love, or Ticket to Ride. 
I think it's uh, I feel fine. It's the it's the first note you hear, like it's a. So I think it's I feel fine. All right, let's check that. Sorry, my screen went wacko. All right, I was I was skipping ahead to see how many total questions there are, and there are twenty. We are halfway. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sorry. All right. That's all right. This is fun. Yeah, I like we it. We don't need to do news. Nah, screw news. <laughs> uh, you are correct. I feel fine is the correct answer. Uh, all right. You're on a roll now. Two answer roll. Here okay. you go. Number 11. Which Keep song? this does, train moving. Which song does not have the title in its lyrics? And the options okay. are Tomorrow Never Knows, Savoy Truffle, Blue Jay Way, and Ding a Pony. Or sorry, Dig a Pony. I dig, I dig a Pony. They just have it as dig a pony. Um, I don't have an eye in there, but just dig a pony. Okay, so dig a pony does, and uh, Savoy Truffle yeah. does. Yeah. Um, Blue Jay Way, I think, does. And the fourth one you said, I'm sorry, was uh, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows. Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, that's one of those hippy dippy Ravi Shankar influenced ones, and I don't think Tomorrow Never Knows has has the words Tomorrow Never Knows in there. Yeah, that stuff got real weird then, didn't it? Uh, let's click it. Tomorrow never knows is the correct answer. Well done. Yeah. Next question on the cover of Abbey Road. What order are the Beatles walking in left to right? Oh, oh crap. Okay. It is left to right. Mm-hmm. Oh, is, oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be four choices, but it's way better if I do this without. If you want, um, however, whatever you feel better about. I feel like it might be more confusing to give you these orders unless you know exactly which one it is. I can give them to you if you want. Well, I, I know uh, Paul is third and i think john is fourth going left to right um i think john's john's in the front of the the pack so um are there choices are there any choices where it's so and so so and so paul john yes uh there are two two choices like that so i'll give you those of two course, options george ringo paul john and ringo george paul john yep those are your two <laughs> i guess uh, that's obvious but yeah i didn't think of it either yeah george ringo or ringo george i think I think, shoot, I think Ringo's probably pulling up the rear. Let's say Ringo, George, Paul, John. All right, let's give it a shot. That is one of the options. And it is Ringo, George, Paul, John. I'm sorry. It is George, Paul, Ringo, John. George, Ringo. Oh, oh, really? So Paul was uh, second. Okay. Wow. I think I had, I I was basing it on a a flimsy foundation of Paul being third. I'll tell you what, though, in my head, I had the same order as you did. I was sure of it. I thought the bare feet were at least one dude over, but they're not. They're, he's, he goes, George, Paul. With his cigarette and his unkempt appearance. Yeah, because Paul is dead, right? That was the sign that he was dead. Paul is dead, right? Exactly. Because he's walking barefoot and he's holding a cigarette and. Uh, here we go. What is the last song recorded collectively by all four of the Beatles? And your options are mostly two-letter words. Well, there's a couple three letters. Anyway, get back, let it be, the end, I, me, mine. Um, I think it was, so the, all tracks from um, from Let It Be. Um, I want to say it was the end because... They were all so pissed off at each other that they couldn't even stand to be in the studio together for for stuff like um, uh, Get Back and uh, I'm going to say it's the end. The end, okay. Which is that big, long, you know, second side capper. Photos from that era, they all look pissed. 
They're just grumpy as shit. Yeah, they really do. They really do. I think it's the only drum solo, the only uh, Ringo Starr drum solos in that song, too. Oh, uh, wow. At the end. All right, I'm hitting the end then. Correct. The answer is the end. It was recorded afterwards, yeah. but John Lennon was absent in that session. Or sorry, I, I Me Mine was recorded after, but he wasn't. Right. right. Um, okay. Oh, I didn't know this. Did you know they had a plaque made? With a, t- with a slogan that says, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. The end, the, the Beatles. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. A plaque? Oh, at uh, Abbey Road Studios, yeah. probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's their way of... I've never gotten further than the front gate of Abbey Road Studios. Well, they wouldn't let you in. But I did walk across the uh, zebra crossing. Oh, no. Oh, you did? That's cool. Did you do it with bare feet? Uh-huh. No, I didn't. And I had to time it perfectly. Um do you have a photo? Send me a graphic. photo. You have a photo? Oh, I absolutely have a photo. I'll find the photo while we're asking the questions. Oh, okay. I'm all excited now. All right, 14. <laughs> what was Paul McCartney's working title for yesterday? And here are your options. Scrambled eggs. Oh, that's on here. Tell you that without even, yeah, scrambled eggs for sure. All right, the options were peppermint, every girl, scrambled eggs, silly boy. Let's see if scrambled eggs is correct. It is. It's totally correct. Ooh, and they have a yeah, nice those play. Are the, original, the original lyrics of the song were scrambled eggs. Uh, which of the Beatles was born first, George, Paul, John, or Ringo? Um, George is the oldest, maybe? He looks I like the think? oldest. He always looked older than everybody else. He did, yeah. I'm going to say George is the the uh, oldie. All right. Wrong, Ringo. Ringo. Ringro? Ringro. Ringro is going to outlive everybody. It's going to be Ringro and that's it. <laughs> he is. Right. He totally is. <laughs> uh, but he's the he's also the oldest, which is crazy. Uh, all right. Number 16. Which Beatles song is about a dog? Uh, the options are I'm So Tired, Martha, My Dear, Julia, Why Don't We Do It on the Road? Those are your four options. Right. So Julia is Paul McCartney's mother. I'm pretty sure it's Martha. I think that was... Uh, why did you say the name Martha? Mm. Um, I think it was uh, John's dog was Martha. Sure. So why don't we do it in the road? It's just about having sex in the road. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. No one does that uh, with a dog. Jeez. Come on now. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Martha, my dear. Uh, I'm clicking. Correct. The answer is correct. Martha was Paul's sheep dog. Paul's dog. Okay. Paul's dog. Got a sheep dog. Paul is, Paul is dog. Paul is dog. <laughs> Dog also. So I don't have I don't have the photo in my photo library because I took it before we had digital photos. Like I have I have actual uh, a tangible photo. I'm gonna have to scan, but I will scan it and I will provide it for you. Nice. Um, All right. Next up, which ex Beatle was the first to have a number one solo hit in the U.S.? (laughs) Who would you say? You'd think you'd think it was uh, because I'm sure the four choices are George, Paul, John, Ringo. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. I mean, you'd think it'd be somebody like Paul. I think it was Ringo with um, what photograph or something. It was funny because uh, all uh, every uh, all things must pass came out first. Was the first solo album. Um, but I think <laughs> that's what I say Ringo when I go to Taco Bell. All things will pass. All things must pass. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it was Ringo, but I can't remember the uh, <coughs> can't remember the song. All right, let's find out if it was Ringo. It was George Harrison. It was George. Okay, so was it My Sweet Lord or What Is Life? My Sweet Lord, number one, December 1970. Yeah. Well, that is a 70s-ass album. Look at that thing. Oh, it's such a great... Dude, All Things Must Pass is a brilliant album. You've got stuff on there like Beware of Darkness, What Is Life. What Is Life is 
one of the best songs of all time. One sure? of the best solo Beatles songs of all time. Are you sure it's not I've Got My Mind Set on You? That's not the one I'm you positive. prefer? I'm positive. I know, okay. that's, I know that's a favorite. Yeah, can <laughs> be. All right. But What Is Life is uh, just right from the get-go just rocks. I'm going to go listen to it today. Yeah. As yes. to your put recommendation. Your, make it, put a sticky note, say What Is Life, George Harrison, and play it uh, as soon as we're done with the show. Totally going to do that. In fact, I'm copying that off onto my desktop there. <laughs> well, it does rock now that you now that you sing it. It does rock. You can tell from my my yep. uh, my rendition that it does rock. All right, number eighteen. I am the walrus contains dialogue from what Shakespeare play? And the answers are the options are Hamlet, Macbeth, Richard the Third, or King Lear. Uh, let's see. I'm the walrus. I'm here. So you are we as everyone are all together. See how they run like pigs from a gun. See how they fly. Uh, I think Richard the third. Richard the third. I will now click it. Yes. It was King Lear. King Lear. It was King Lear. Gidget uh, had that one in the chat room. She said King Lear. Uh, specifically because uh, John Lennon says here was fiddling with an AM radio into the microphone and happened to catch a BBC radio play of King Lear and it inspired him. Uh, and that would have been Lawrence Olivier. Or as I said as a kid, uh, Lawrence Oliver. Lawrence Oliver. Uh, number 19, second to last question, the penultimate question. What was the first Beatles song recorded okay. in stereo sound? And your options are, I saw her standing there, hold me tight, eight days a week, and I want to hold your hand. Eight days a week is the one that's coming to mind. Um, as uh, what was that the one of the lead-off songs, one of the lead-off singles from Help or Hard Days Night? I think it was Eight Days a Week. All right, I'm going to click it. And before I do, I just want to say this: my only complaint about yeah. the Beatles has always been this one yeah. thing: when they went stereo, they decided mm -hmm. to do that whole thing where the left track is purely a guitar. Yeah, and on this right. side is purely whatever else, voice, whatever. The, the, it's the not vocals, yes. good. It's not good. You're supposed to mix that around a little bit. Instead, it's just like I feel like I'm deaf when that's happening over here because nothing's happening. I hate it. Drives me they crazy. They didn't know what they were doing. George Martin didn't know what he was doing when they did all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, the Yellow Submarine album, if you turn off the right speaker and on Yellow Submarine, I think all you get <laughs> is vocals, especially during Hey Bulldog. Yeah, it's obnoxious. I don't understand it. I'm sure they thought it was cool. Because stereo was new. I, I get that. But geez, Louises. All right, sorry. Yeah. Did you say eight days a week? I said eight days a week. All right. Uh, the answer is wrong. It was, I want to hold <sighs> your hand. I want to hold your Shoot. hand. Okay. Final oh question. Oh, my God. I got to finish strong. Finish strong, yep. Brian. Come yep. on. You're going to win this one. All right. What is the last cover song the Beatles ever recorded? This is for you, Brian. Last Ooh, cover song. Oh, look at song. this. Wow. Oh, my God. If I talk about... Uh, Pitching right into my wheelhouse and giving me a really big opportunity to fail hard. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it is the it is the exact question that I that inspired me to go. Ooh, I'm using this for the show. So. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here are your options: Dizzy Miss Lizzie, Maggie May, Act Naturally, or Sun King. Hmm. Okay. Well, Act Naturally was, um. Was Ringo Starr covering Buck Henry? Everyone always everyone always thinks that Ringo Starr did the original on that, but he was actually covering Buck Henry. Okay. Um, Sun King, I don't think is a cover. Uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie is for sure. And what was the fourth one? Sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, Sun King, Act Naturally, 
Maggie Back May. Then, was it Maggie May? Was oh, it? Maggie May. Yeah, and that's and that's probably there as a little uh, as a little joke. Oh, Buck Owen, not Buck Henry. Yes, thank you. Um, Maggie May, because there's uh, the the um, the small faces. Rod Stewart, Maggie May. Mm. Um, the Beatles had a different song called Maggie May on their last album. And that, that wasn't a cover of the Faces one. I don't know if that was a cover of something else, though. Did you ever prove it true that, that uh, Rod Stewart drank a whole bunch of semen? <laughs> Do you remember and that? had to have his stomach pumped. Yeah, yeah had to have his stomach pumped because he drank a, like four gallons uh, of steep false. semen. Okay, it was fake. All right, that's fine. And the right. the one <laughs> was the one with the gerbil in the butt. Somebody else had that going. I don't remember. Richard Gere was the Gere. gerbil in the butt yeah. uh, story. Was yes. that disproved as uh, well? Was that? Uh... I think that was disproved as well. Yeah. All right. Well, well done, guys. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. I got Buck Henry and Buck Owens uh, confused. Sue me, sue me for that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to say Dizzy Miss Lizzie because that's the only one of the four that I know for sure is a cover out of that list. Maggie May might have been a cover of somebody else, but um, uh, but I'm gonna say Dizzy Miss Lizzie. All right, Dizzy Miss Lizzie, I'm clicking it. Let's find yeah. out. Eat. The answer was Maggie yeah. May. Oh, you were it so was close. May. Yeah, it says Maggie yeah. May's tr- tr- uh, traditional Liverpool folk song dating back to the 1800s became popular again during yeah. the selfie, sorry, Skittle craze. What is the Skittle craze? Skif- skiffle. Oh, I'm skiffle. reading it wrong. Skiffle craze that the young people. What what is that? What does that That's mean? The style of that is the style of music that um, that Paul and John used to do in uh, uh, the Cavern Club was uh, skiffle, which is like kind of a uh, a washboardy, faster beat, kind of kind of music. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, they have an yeah. album here listed called "The Very Best of the Vipers Skiffle Groups." Uh, here's your answer, Brian. It's all added up. You got eight out of twenty right, yeah, and it says wow. you are a real nowhere man. <laughs> that's what they called you. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, it's... it says you have four thousand holes in your Beatles knowledge. Was that a reference to a song? Yeah, that's a reference to uh, a day in the life. Oh, now, now they know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall. <laughs> See, why isn't that question on there? You would have known that one. Four thousand holes in Blackford, Lancashire. See, he knows all the questions. He just they gave us the wrong ones. That's what happened. They there. apparently did. Yeah, they apparently did. Yeah. You want me to ask you this really quick question? Because yeah. I think I mean we've we can tackle one news story, but um so we get that movie coming out in a couple days, that yesterday movie about the the guy who wakes up in a world, hits gets hit by a bus, wakes up in a world where the Beatles never existed, right. and then makes a fortune um playing Beatles songs. Right. And it got me thinking as I was in the lift today, if I could choose, if, if either one of us could choose what kind of world we'd wake up in where some key element was missing, what would we want it to be that we could capitalize on because we're, we'd are we be able to create this thing that was missing? Because it couldn't be Beatles music Yeah. because uh, I can't play an instrument to save my life. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could really quickly learn. But um, does it have to be like something what, we're good at? Then is that what you're saying? Something we're already good at that we would then no, replace I mean, it could the... be something. No, not not necessarily. It could just be something that you know about that you could then, um, uh, spark the genesis of, or, or you know, launch the creation of. Right. It has to be something historically that that went huge. Yeah. Like I was thinking, could I remember enough uh, Seinfeld storylines? 
that I could create the the Seinfeld sitcom, but it's called Brian or something like that, right? Like I like that. That's a good one. You're yeah. that's in the spirit yeah. of your question. I think I'm trying. I'm struggling yeah. here. I would probably say, oh geez. Um, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I'll 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 be Mark Zuckerberg or I'll be Steve Jobs or I'll be, you know, right. that, that. But it'll be called, you know, butt book or whatever the whatever it is. And then, <laughs> but I don't think I really want to do any of those. Like those guys are kind of miserable in their later time. Like right. Jobs was cranky right. all but the I mean, time and freaking. Well, Jobs, but Jobs had issues that stemmed from out outside of his, um, his you know Apple founding ship. Right? He, he was he was kind of a little bit of a megalomaniac or a little bit of a, a control freak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some would argue that that's what made Apple great. Is that his fiery, totally his fiery yeah. bad. But I mean, you could you could maybe remember enough of the original Apple interface that you could find Steve Wozniak and say, "Dude, I have an idea. I want you to make this happen." But I have an idea for for you know this this new interface that we could do uh, to make computers more personal and easier to use for people. Yeah, I think that's a that's a decent one. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to think of one in like art or something, and I can't think of. Like who? Who's got? Yeah, could you remember? Could you remember enough of the Far Side cart uh, strips that you could be? <laughs> maybe you know, I woke up in a world that Gary Larson didn't exist. I think maybe that's possible. I mean, I was thinking it would be yeah. cool to be like like Andy Warhol. You could go do all his stuff and become super famous and everything. But also, I don't think that right. life looks very fun. It looks kind of miserable no. and shitty. So right, you're just right. surrounded by weird people that are only there because you're Andy Warhol and for no other reason, like none of this is good. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I can think of one. And I'm guessing that this Danny Boyle movie boils down to that. Like no pun intended. I did not mean that. (laughs) Uh, But like, if he like, I'm sure the whole point is there's, there's caveats to being the guy that came up with all the Beatles stuff when the Beatles don't exist. Like it's not going to be all roses for him. Right. Right, I want to I want to address that, but I really have to point out TVZ God creates the one of the funniest things. Scott Johnson creates Kathy. Oh my lord! <laughs> They're like sweat, uh, sweat uh, shooting out of her head. Ack! Ack! Yeah, ack! I have too many shoes. Ack! <laughs> that would be the oh, worst the scenario. The worst. Exactly. Yeah. Scenario. Uh, all right. So yeah. So. I've, obviously, neither of us have seen the movie. No. Is your prediction then that the movie does the movie end with him something happening to him, and he wakes up, and it's the Beatles. The Beatles are around again, and and not really the whole thing was a dream, but he comes back to his own reality with a realization that that uh, uh, he needs to make it on his own and not steal other people's music. Or mm. does the movie end with him still in that world and um, and he's done making Beatles music and he moves on to make solo Paul McCartney music? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a really good Someone's question. Someone's knocking at the door. Someone's <laughs> ringing the bell. I think it probably Ar- ends... Arguably a far worse song than I got oh, my mind. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that he probably does the first scenario. That's just the way I see that going. Like it wakes, will, wakes up back in a world where the Beatles exist. Yes, and he'll be relieved at that point. Yeah, because it was a burden. It turns out it was hard. It was not okay. all glory and wonderful. It was hard. So I think that's probably what'll happen. Um, yeah, I just thought of one though, a better one. 
Stan, okay. you want right. to be Stanley. Stanley never existed. Oh wow! Yeah, but you know yeah, all his that's comics. A good one. You know what Spider Man is. You know the whole lineup. You know all about Marvel, where it went, what came of it. You go back. The problem is, would you have to go back through the rough years though? Because they were always hanging by a no. string. They were always about no, to get fired. The premise, the pre- the premise is uh, is that he's in. He's in the here and now because yeah. he's on, you know, the, in the trailer, he goes on the, the, the Corden, James Corden show and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So the premise is the Beatles never existed, which is funny because I guess that means that like Oasis never existed. Yeah. It means that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How many bands and groups were inspired by them? Like way more than we probably think. <laughs> totally. The Stone Roses maybe never existed. The, uh, yeah. the Ruddles never existed. Yeah, I don't know what but, I would do. Uh, it's almost perfect. It's more perfect for music, which is obviously why they're doing this. Um, yeah, but but Stan Lee. So you'd never have Marvel Comics in this reality, but you would have had DC, and Superman would have been now around for for fifty plus years, fifty one years, or whatever it is. Yeah. So would you would you then, you know, create this whole different comic book world universe? Well, the concept is that that the Beatles were timeless, right? That their music transcends right. generations and age and gender, and it doesn't matter. Like the Beatles will always be this pinnacle of music. Whereas I don't know if that's true of comic books. Like you need the history of Marvel to appreciate where they where they are, because not only do they have their ups and downs, but if it was brand new today, 2019, and I said I'm starting Jarvel Comics, and here comes the Hulk. He's a big green dude who gets changed by some gamma rays. Nobody in 2019 is right. going to give a a shit. You know? I know because there are already so many other comic publishers out there, and yeah. Uh, now that you yeah. say, now that, that you say that, I'm, thought. I, I mean, would there what? be, would there be certain DC characters without the Marvel characters that they were kind of loosely based on? Yeah, like pro- the Blue Beetle. Would the Blue Beetle exist? He was kind of DC's answer to Spider-Man, or or, um, Lobo was what the 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 Wolverine anti-hero kind of thing. I can't remember. There was a well. It's funny because they kind of co-opted Blue Beetle into being more Spider-Manish. Because in the in the old radio plays, he was just more like. Um, I mean, that stuff was in like the forties, maybe even thirties. Oh, really? Okay, so he. I think that's where it started. I'm not sure. Charlton. That's right. Okay, Blue Beetle was Charlton. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I don't now. Now the more I talk about it, the less I like it. I think you have to. It has to be a big auteur thing. Star Wars, maybe, yeah. maybe, because yeah. I'm not so yeah, sure Star Wars launches today. But see, again, the entire film industry is so informed by Star Wars. Sure, sure. Like in this timeline, is it even possible that we're even all we're probably all dead without one of these things? Like I, I I'm fascinated by the, <laughs> like the 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 what's her name in um, Endgame and her PowerPoint presentation. That stuff fascinates me. <laughs> right, the ancient one. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah. split offs and right. what it does to the timelines. That right. kind of stuff super interesting to me. Totally. Uh, hey, if if Tin Man Seven Four One says anything in the chat, uh, Mod should ban him. He's just spamming me endlessly. I don't know why. Privately. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, he hasn't uh, said anything in chat. Spamming me in direct messages. So write that. Wow. Down. Is he, is he asking you for a heart, though? No. Maybe, you know, he's not. maybe he thinks you're the wizard. He's not. He's saying, uh, hey, click this link and find unlimited followers wow. for your channel. It's all horseshit. All right, we're going to uh, uh, do one stor- a story, a quick one. 
uh, in the news. That's what we're going to do. And uh, I'm going to play this first so that we can do it. This is your radio newscaster with another exclusive sensational summary of world and local events. It's the news and it's brought to you by. Hey, are you getting into podcasting or do you want to get into podcasting even further? Do you want to talk to folks like Scott Johnson, Justin Robert Young and Tom Merritt every week and get ideas and coaching and support and experience all that stuff well send in your application to be part of season two of america's next top podcaster right now go to america's next top podcaster.com and be in the contestant pool uh we're going to be pulling from that in mid-july so get your application in right now and be a part of it nice all right yes strongly Um, urge people to do so i'm gonna do this one yeah i like this one because it's ridiculous it's the final story okay Detroit. Are any of these not? I'm looking at the titles. They're are all ridiculous. Not? Yeah, they're all they're up all there. But this one's good. Yeah, right. I think this is this is the one to do if we're going to do one. Detroit police arrest graffiti artist hired by the city. So this is how this went down. A graffiti artist commissioned by the city of Detroit to paint a mural. All right. The whole thing was the city officially said, right. we would like to commission you to paint a mural on the viaduct. And he said, okay, sure. He is a hired artist to do a job. So he went out there to do it. And the police thought he was committing vandalism and arrested the guy. Uh, the Detroit Free Press reports 29-year-old Sheafy McFly. Come on. <laughs> that's his, that's his, uh, his, his artist name. It's got to be. There's well, yeah, no- yeah, it says it right after it. His real name. Oh, his real name. Okay. <laughs> if I would have just led, read four more letters. Um, <laughs> whose real name is Tashif uh, Turner. That also sounds fake, right, so but whatever. Well, it's a, you know, it's a Middle Eastern name, Tashif. And that's where he gets Turner. the Shifi. Yeah. It's just that it sounds so alli- it's so alliter- alliterative. Think, McFly. Yeah. Think. Think, McFly. <laughs> anyway, it was arrested Wednesday. Detroit commissioned him as part of a multi-year effort to fight illegal graffiti with city-approved artwork. Uh, McFly said he didn't have his city-issued permit with him. He says multiple police cars arrived on the site as a city official showed up to vouch for him. Police spokesman Nicole Kirkwood uh, says officers found McFly uncooperative. She says the disagreement led to McFly being arrested on suspicion of resisting and obstructing and a warrant for an old parking ticket. McFly says he was treated like a felon and felt threatened. Good job, Detroit. Well done. So, I mean, Detroit's in the wrong for not knowing about this, but, you know, instead of getting all... And this goes all over the place with with um, false arrests and mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's just you know take a breather and say, oh no, I've been commissioned instead of, why are you picking on me? I'm gonna yeah. resist arrest and all that. Yeah, you could have probably just worked it out with him. You know. Probably just exactly. Calm down. Uncooperative. Uncooperative does not help your case. Just no. you know, just say, hey, uh, that's fine. We can go and figure this out. But here's the situation and. Now, if they say we need to check your anus for drugs, you, <laughs> well, you can if there's resist. profiling in that aspect, sure, sure, you can resist. You can say, uh, "Oh my God, Tali just said Ibit shows his whiteness." His whiteness? What? Oh, because well, he's saying because, he's, because of the the race thing. I mean, you know, racial profiling I know is an absolute big issue. I'm certainly not going to dismiss but, that, but I think what she's saying is if you were if you are of co- of color, which we assume. Tashif is that it's yes. a different scenario. Like you're just immediately on the back foot because you that's how it always is. And if you were a white guy, you would yeah. you would just cooperate. <laughs> I think that's what they're saying. Well, Insidian says just cooperate with the police is a very white thing to say. Right, but 
I don't know. Couldn't there, wouldn't there be fewer problems if instead of resisting and getting pushed down on the ground, and I know we've got overzealous cops out there. I know we do. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, uh, the the perpet that you know the perp the alleged perpetrator's fault um but i know that sometimes violence escalates because somebody uh doesn't cooperate or resists or whatever and it's you're much more better off at the end of all of it saying yeah i, I cooperated with them they got it wrong this is an injustice rather than oh i fought them tooth and nail and kicked and punched and stuff like that i don't know i'm i'm <laughs> i just feel like that stuff and maybe I'm making a bigger hole for myself, but I, and again, I am only seeing this from a white guy perspective, Yeah. but I do feel like, uh, yeah, it's easy for us to say, right? It's easy for us wow. to say, Hey, she wouldn't have been, are these, are these, these people who are saying stuff like white folks speaking whiteness, are there white folks in the chat room saying this stuff? <laughs> like probably man, Brian, you're so white, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I think that's coming from white people. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but I think what's, uh, uh, it's like, um, Oh, what's it like? It's like me if if a girl gets attacked in the dark walking up a street, and it, it it's too easy for me to say, well, just don't walk that way. You know what I mean? I think that's right, what they're right. saying. It's like it's it's too easy for me because I'm in a position of I'm probably not going to be attacked or I'm not going to be treated poorly by a cop or whatever, whatever. Uh, I think that's I think that's all they're saying. But they're exactly. also they also know. seem to be having quite. A, uh, maybe a bit of fun I'm too it. zen, but I'm feeling like you know black white gay straight whatever yeah if you're if you're um calm not you know and you don't have to necessarily be okay you got me i'm doing this but i was hired by the city but just say no actually i was hired by detroit to do this and da da da, da. yeah if you if you're calm and 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 uh rational then sometimes you can avoid a little bit of violence. That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think, so. that's, I think that's a fair... That's the thing you should probably encourage in everybody you know, regardless of anything. Exactly. And again, you know, sure, I'm too, I'm too zen and I'm too uh, idealistic and perfect world, but God, can I, can I idealize a perfect world? Can't I? Well, you can. Is there something wrong with wanting to... You can just do it easier. You, you can just do it easier than minorities. That's all. Like you can, sure. you can imagine well, no, that. No utopia. argument. Yeah. You'll get no argument from me there. And that's an, and that is a perspective that I absolutely have no, um, no, no basis of uh, speaking from. But you've so. been to jail. I've not been there. So I think you've got a little more jail time. <laughs> I've got, I've got that little bit of hardened criminal experience. Yeah. yeah. You've been there. You've been in the hot room where they got uh, like a toilet and 20 guys. Okay. I've only seen movies. I have no idea what's yeah. going on in there. I have no idea. Movies, exactly. movies taught me everything I know about All the right. correction system. All right, let's just keep, let's just keep <laughs> arguing and fighting, and <laughs> keep it I'll live in my own little peaceful Zen namaste, namaste world here. Yeah, your little own menagerie. Yeah, uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Bill <laughs> Duran will be here. Maybe he'll talk about building things. Probably he's probably made a thing this week. Is probably, yeah, I'm guessing he'll want to talk about that. Then we'll have jury. It'll all be fun. So stick around. Before that, though, a song. Brian will explain it, and off we go. What do you got? Hashtag Brian so white. Mm. Uh, let's go up to Vancouver, BC for a, a pop rock trio called Chase Your Words. Now, these guys um, are definitely going to remind you of that kind of pop punk style of uh, stuff like Blink-182 and, um, uh, I don't know, uh, SR-71 maybe. Um, this is a great, great tune. They've got a brand new album coming out. I'm sorry, a brand new EP coming out. 
Um, this is the song Battle Scars coming out. Wow, September 12th, they're going to be supporting a band called The Wonder Years. Here's the Vancouver band, Chase Your Words. All right, here it is. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Do you have to ship things? I do. Shipping can be complex. It can be kind of a pain in the butt, but the uncertainty over costs and deciding which carrier to use, plus tracking your packages, all that stuff, things can get kind of confusing. Well, with SendPro Online, it's easy to save time and money no matter what you send, from letters and packages to overnights and flats. Yeah, that's right. Easily compare USPS, UPS, and FedEx all in one online tool. Print shipping labels and stamps from your own printer and track all those packages and get your emails uh, to give you the notifications when they've arrived, which is, I think, crucial. Uh, and also, don't forget, just not that long ago, what was it, January 27th, USPS raised postal rates. You still are able to save money 
and access savings up to 40% off USPS priority mail shipping and five cents off every letter you send by using your SendPro online account. That's pretty good. SendPro online is only $14.99 a month and listeners can get a free 30-day trial. When you visit pb.com slash TMS, you'll also receive a free 10-pound scale to help you weigh your packages and accurately uh, calculate the cost of shipping. So you never overpay. That's pb.com slash TMS. Experience the convenience of SendPro online for yourself when you sign up for that free 30-day trial. That's pb.com slash TMS. big thing that I try to get people to wrap their heads around is that aliens aren't beings from another planet that are your friends and are here to save you. They are fallen angels, demons, Nephilim tribes that aren't your friends. Good night, LaGuardia. I, I mean, L- Melania. <laughs> The morning stream. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. We are yes. uh, going down the path of the punished props. If you got props, you want them punished. We got you covered. We can do that better than anybody here on the show because Bill Duran, a.k.a. the sexiest man alive, will be here shortly. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh he's already wow. here. Oh, no. But Bill wow. just isn't thinking about danger. No, he's not. It's Bill Duran, everybody, all the way from Punished Props in somewhere near Seattle, Washington. Bill, welcome back to the show, sir. From an undisclosed location <laughs> in a bunker near Seattle. That we've got a great video shot of right now that I'm casing and getting ready to come and tell people to rob it. No, that's not true. Hey, uh, Bill. Oh, it's, no. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, oh. We just want to, we need to see uh, Brittany go and unlock the door in the background there and see what the code is in the back there. Yeah, yeah. somebody keep an eye on that, will you? It's all we need. It's all we need. Absolutely. Uh, hey, why don't you uh, tell us what's going on this week in the world of building things? Because that's what you do. You come on Tuesdays and you say, hey, look, I made a thing. And then us as an audience, we all look at that thing and we go, hey, I could make Ooh. that thing. I should learn from him how to make that thing. So, so Bill, uh, that's a high yeah. expectation, but we're ready for it. Give it to us. Uh, so last week, I did not build anything. <laughs> Okay, great. Wow. Sorry to ruin taking, your expectations. Taking a week off, huh? Wow. <laughs> kind of. No, I'm writing a. I'm writing my book. Or uh, one of. I'm writing another book. Let's say. Where uh, so where uh, is this? This is finally the one where we learn about. Uh, this is what uh, I, I. One of these days, I just want you to come on here and go. Yeah, I'm working on my f- uh, f- uh, fiction uh, novella about a hardened yeah. criminal who. <laughs> like that's what I want. Build but that, I'm guessing no longer <laughs> making things. No longer the sexiest man alive. <laughs> Somebody. No, I'm, I'm working on my uh, my um... <laughs> glutes. <laughs> no, my thrall, my my thrall fan fiction erotica <laughs> novel. That's what I'm working on. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, what is this book going to be about? Another foam smiths type thing, or what's the plan there? Yeah, so I'm writing a book on helmets, how to make headgear out of foam for your costume and Ooh, armor. Nice, uh, but. You had an email from a fan with some questions about model kit painting. I do. And I, got, I have some tips. That's awesome. I'm going to read it. We got this from Corey Smith wrote in, and he says this. This is a subject was TMS with Bill Durant. 
Couldn't, couldn't be a more descriptive way to start your email. It says this, hi, Scott, Brian, and Bill. I got my dad the Degostini Millennium Falcon model as a gift. What does that mean? Degostini. A specific brand or specific oh, version? Degostini? No Degostini. idea. It sounds fancy, though. It sounds like this is a cool one. It does sound like a nice one. Anyway, it says... It's not the Revel. No. Uh, yeah. Revel. Uh, <laughs> or, oh, I'm looking or, uh, at it right now. Oh, this is cool. Does it look like it's made out of something other than plastic and stuff? No, it looks like it's made out of plastic, but it's... Um, let me pull it up here. It's like a one-to-one scale of the prop they used in the filming of... Ooh. Uh, like a studio Falcon. It looks yeah. really cool. Oh, wow. yeah. Look yeah. at that. Okay, so this is a site that does, or site rather, not site, but a store or website thing that does, uh, uh, what's, what am I trying to say, licensed product like this. And that looks right. very, very nice. All right, uh, I'll show that to the chat in a second. Here's what he says in the email. Um, he's good, in, er, sorry, he's good at putting things together, but worried about the paint job ahead of him. He says he watches Punish Props for tips on painting. So I was wondering if you guys had any suggestions on projects to practice painting on. Thanks for all you do, Corey. Well, Bill, that feels like that's just right up your cheese whiz. What do you What do you say? Oh, here to sure Corey? is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the best things you can do before you go and start painting that model kit is just get practice elsewhere on model kits that you care much less about. So, for example, mm-hmm. go to garage sales, see if anyone's getting rid of old model kits. How many times did people buy a model kit for a kid and they never put it together? Um, and you might luck out and get a like a pile of model kits for nothing. For that, that's how the uh, Star Wars model makers um, made like the original X-wing and Falcon models. They went out to like garage sales and bought old model kits. It's one of the reasons why it's so hard to replicate those because those model kits, when they were buying them in the '70s, were already 20 or 30 years old. They were made in the 50s, and they're not available anymore. Right. Anyway, go to garage sales. Look for model kits. But also, um, secondhand stores, like your Goodwills, or we have Value Village over here. They have tons of toys, and some of those toys are spaceships. uh, And you can get them for a song, and they're awesome for just practicing the techniques you're going to use on your Millennium Falcon. Interesting. So this thing doesn't come, it appears... With all, all with everything he's asking for, I would have thought a model kit would have the aging and the, um, you know. No, it's going to probably be just pale gray plastic. Yeah. But here's the cool thing: I'm looking at it right now. It's a pay per month. You pay thirty nine ninety nine pounds per month, and they send you the pieces along with a a guide each month on what that yeah. piece is for or how how it looks in the movies. I don't know mm-hmm. how many how many pay like how many. Um, it does say 24-month option, so there's yep. at least 24 of these pieces that come to you. It's really interesting. Jeez, I've never well, even heard it, of this. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool because you you build it over time. Um, they have time to fulfill all their orders because it's monthly. It's not just all the time. And over a two-year period, you slowly put together your own Studio Scout Millennium Falcon, which is pretty cool. That's pretty rad. Wow. All right, well, how do, yeah. I, how do and, I best approach the paint job? Because that looks like the hardest part. The rest of it's just assembly. And following instructions and yeah. being careful, but then you've got to go artsy on this thing. Oh yeah! So here's the general rundown for painting a model kit. Um, first, a lot of the painting can be done before you remove it from the sprues, the uh, sort of skeleton thing all the pieces are attached to, right? So instead of taking those off first, at least spray down the base coat of color on the parts that need 
whatever color before you take them off. That way they're not flying everywhere. These, these are really little pieces. And if you can spray them all, still, they're still attached to something, you're going to be in a much happier place. Uh, then the, the process is first you need to prep the surface. So if you're repainting a Nerf gun, you're going to want to sand that ABS plastic. Uh, but for model kits, usually you can just paint them, but it doesn't hurt to wipe them down with some rubbing alcohol. If you have like finger grease or dust on there, that'll get rid of that. Uh, and then you want to prime the surface. Okay. Uh, I suggest going to the model store, like we have a hobby store here, and getting model like fine primer, like a really fine mist of paint. Does a much better job of not filling in all the tiny details on your model. Is there any kind of chemical concerns people should have? Like, don't use a certain chemical to like scruff up this thing that you would might you, you might use on metal or or wood or something else. But because you're talking about plastic, you don't want to corrode it or anything. Um, rubbing alcohol should do it if you're going to clean it. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Acetone. I don't know if that would melt it or not. It, oh, the clear plastic bits. Like, if there's a canopy, like a window. Don't get acetone anywhere near that. <laughs> mm -hmm. That will eat away. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Because uh, they're they're made out of different plastics. But I would just say just stick to rubbing alcohol to clean it. You'll be fine. All right. And there's um, um and there's also something to be said for like doing a little bit of airbrushing after it's all put together. Like if you want yeah. glass damage on there, mm -hmm. obviously you don't want to do that piece by piece as it comes in. You want to wait until the whole thing's put together. And is there yeah. is there a um. Uh, like for people who don't who want to have like a little like a getting started airbrush thing is there a way to get some sort of uh, uh something better than a spray can but maybe not something as in-depth as a full-on airbrush to be able to do stuff well like that? the 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 airbrush really is kind of the next step after rattle can uh but yeah, you can get okay. a really cheap one harbor freight sells them for really cheap if you already own an air compressor you can hook it up to that or you can buy their cheapo air compressor Mm. Um, I always recommend with an airbrush, just get the cheapest one you can and use it a lot and kind of get used to it and understand mm. how airbrushing works. Uh, and then buy a dozen more airbrushes because that's what you do. <laughs> uh, so after uh, after priming, then you can spray the base coat of color. So whatever the predominant color is, you would spray that either with your airbrush or a rattle can. And again, you can get little model size uh, spray paint cans at the hobby store that are fantastic. Mm. That's cool. um, then if you have more layers, you can mask and spray those different colors, and then you can do weathering, yeah. which is my favorite part. Brian makes a good point about, like, it feels like a spray can, like a basic-ass spray can feels like a blunt instrument. It feels like it does no control. Yeah, right. It's going right. to spit out clumps when you don't want it to, like all of that. So it's good to know there are, uh, I guess, more approachable alternatives that will let you be in a little more detail without going full compressor and airbrush and ink and all that you yeah. have to worry about. There's I actually also... still have my airbrush from uh, um, from college, from art college, somewhere. But yeah. oh yeah, looking at Amazon, I mean, you can get a fairly decent one. Looks like for twenty six bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not yeah, bad. I have to an air compressor. I have the yeah. one I got from high school, or I still have the one I got in high school, and I've got the compressor is only this big, it's a little tiny compressor. Mm -hmm. And um, oh wow, and I, I assume that would probably work uh, even today. But yeah, you can get them pretty cheap. These aren't expensive anymore. Yeah, or you just blow in the tube. You could be the compressor. That's right. I don't. Suck. I don't actually recommend that. You would probably pass out in about a minute. But yeah. Plus, you don't want to suck. <laughs> if you accidentally suck, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna ingest some raw business. So don't do that. Yes. Uh, well, this is exciting. Uh, does it deter you at all knowing that this is going to come in chunks? 
like it's going to come out in phases for this guy? I mean, what, how would how would you treat that? Would you like Brian just like wait till the whole thing's done to do any finishing on it? Would you rather get it all at once? Like this seems like a strange way to a subscription to a model seems I, like the oddest yeah. oddest I idea. I love being you know because that's that's what seems so intimidating with these things is like oh my god I open the box and there are five thousand pieces to this thing, getting like five pieces at a time it's like all right well i know that thursday is going to be my work on the model for an hour a day and i'm going to get those pieces kind of sanded and primed and painted in the the solid colors or, or whatever that i want i'll do the battle damage airbrushing at the end but mm -hmm. i love the fact that it feels like uh there's not that intimidating factor to this whole thing yeah maybe it's a way to do it what does this cost Did he, does the site say what this costs 39 pounds per month so Jeez. I imagine getting it shipped to America would be even more because you'd have to have it uh, shipped oh, yeah. internationally. Yeah, the international shipping would be bad, although the dollar's a little stronger, stronger, so maybe the initial price won't be so bad. But <laughs> At 24 months, at, at basically 40 pounds a month, holy yeah. cow, this thing is expensive. Yeah. yeah. It better fly on its own. Yeah. Like, I better be able to... <laughs> to take this to get to the store. It's just tad outrageous, <laughs> but seems cool. Yeah. Um, Bill, have you ever done a... Well, I can't remember if you've got a Millennium Falcon hanging around somewhere. I, I don't. I actually had to think about that. I'm like, do I? Yeah. No, I don't have a Falcon. I have the Lego Slave 1, though, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I know you're a huge fan. I have cool. one right here somewhere. It's not within reaching distance, but I know you're a big fan of the snow speeders. Um I have several snow speeders. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. It's the one thing you, uh, one of the things you and I have the most in common. I was obsessed with that ship. My yeah, whole childhood. The best one? Oh my gosh, I loved that freaking ship. It's the best ship they ever made. It's I the know. Fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Oh, I freaking well, loved them, man. Well, not the no snow speeders. Oh, not the Millennium Falcon. The oh, the snow speeder. Okay. Uh, just... Snow speeders are actually quite slow. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just kind of yeah, they're for, for no, yeah. they're for having around, seeing if you can find Han Solo still, if he's out in the snow somewhere or not. Uh, but those are so great. Oh my gosh, every time we you talk about those, I get excited about snow speeders, and it's real dumb because who. Uh, Look, this is a this is a part of fandom I didn't expect. Having a favorite ship from a science fiction thing is a weird thing if you think about it. It's a little weird, right? I guess so. Yeah. But I guess people who are into aviation probably have a favorite plane. Uh, people who are yeah. into cars have a favorite car model, you know. So it's not that weird. I've come full so, circle. Uh, it was weird. Now I, it's I, not. <laughs> I walked by the uh, the Lego store the other day, and there's a new snowspeeder kit, <laughs> and oh, it has no. Dak. Dak Ralter in it. Wow. Luke's co-pilot that dies instantly. Spoiler <laughs> from Empire. If you have not seen that movie from 1980, uh, sorry, we just spoiled so, it. For you. Anyway, I need to buy that now. Is his body, <laughs> is he slumped over the, the harpoon gun at the back? I want to twist his head. You know how they put two faces on the Legos? I want his one face to be like, I can take out the Empire all by myself. And on the other side, it's just X's for eyes. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. Tongue sticking out. Yeah. Oh, geez. Luke was, Luke was always. <laughs> anyway. He was always losing his co-pilots and his co, <laughs> his friends. Man, all the time. Yeah. Anyway. I have a recommendation for you. All right. Give it. All right. So we don't talked be Luke's about. Don't co-pilot. Yeah. <laughs> definitely don't be. So uh, I don't have a video, but we talked about model painting. Uh, so I'm linking you to Rinaldi Studio Press. Uh, they do books on model painting. They have a whole oh. series on painting tanks. And they have single model books that are, uh, the whole book just shows you how a, one model is painted. There's a tractor one that I have. Oh, that love. mech. Yeah. Oh, look at oh, that. Look a Gundam at that. one. I've got a, oh, I've got a so Gundam. I bought, 
I bought in Japan three years ago or four years, whatever it was, went to Japan, bought a, uh, a mech uh, model kit. And this is like what I need to get off my butt and actually. Absolutely. Again, a... it's like open the box and see 5,000 pieces and totally intimidated. By yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So this guy, the the, the single model, um, like the, the Gundam that's there, yeah. that book will go through every single step of painting that thing uh, in exhaustive detail with astonishing photography it's only and it's like 15 bucks, bucks. Yeah. so worth it it's cheap yeah oh and he's got different examples of different colored combos this is beautiful wow oh, mm-hmm. it shows you how to like get the edge like how to do a little bit of battle wear on the edge and stuff of those oh this is so cool i want yeah. one of yeah, those yeah, yeah. i want one of those bad oh that's badass so Dang. buy buy one of these books or a couple of them do some studying buy some toys and then start practicing there you go all right not only a great a bunch of advice for our caller or our emailer but some great follow-up for anyone interested in painting shit so get you on got it. it get on it uh it's build ran everybody punishprops.com and of course jim beard on twitter we look forward to whatever you've got next week we'll see you later then Toodaloo. i said later and then at the same time it came out funny see you later then see you later yeah then. i 3D printing stuff? I can I can 3D print like nobody's business, but it's the actual finishing stuff after I 3D print it that uh, that's always the slowdown. I know, right? It's I I mean it looks intimidating just to even look at those pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot imagine. But I kind of want that mech. Mecha, yeah. sorry everybody in the chat. Mecha. Because that's mecha. what you say about the Japanese stuff, right? Mecha. Your orga. Yeah. He's mecha. Mecha orga. Mecha. Orga. <laughs> <laughs> kid yeah you dumb kid all right justin coming in can you uh do what he do and uh oh i got some echo already fresh uh, echo I, yeah i screwed up i was playing your thing oh these one. are their echoes these are their echoes these are their stories Oh, I'm terrible with names. Justin Robert Young joining us on a Tuesday as always as he always does often with a bit of a bent toward politics uh, we'll see where today takes us. We didn't plan anything. Uh, we haven't talked about anything ahead of this. And sometimes those are our best segments with Justin. Justin, it's great to have you back. Hello. Oh, it's a pleasure, sir. Uh, it's a good time. A good time as always. Yeah, is it? I mean, let's make it so. Let's make it the greatest <laughs> time you've ever had here on the show. Uh, it's good to have you. So I, I, I do want to make a recommendation because Justin reminds me of it. And I'm a little surprised by it because normally I would think this is just either too easy or going to be lame or not well written. But I decided to sit down and watch a few episodes of this Showtime animated series called Our Cartoon President. Mm. And it's it's based on the Trump family, Trump himself, current Congress members. Oh, wow. Uh, I hadn't picked up on that. Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Ted Cruz in it. Uh, an amazing uh, version of Ted Cruz. Makes me laugh my head off. Uh, it's got a uh, uh, what's his name Mick uh, Mitch McConnell in it is a big is a big player in it his entire cabinet all the faces that you know uh, from Sarah Sanders across the whole schmear are in this thing and it begins while Kelly is still his uh, chief of staff and uh, it is genuinely really funny and it's not just easy target funny like it's almost endearing funny like I almost like this cartoon trump better than the real one well like that's that's an easy thing to say because i can't stand the real one but but he is he is being portrayed in such a way that it's almost makes the whole thing a little easier to deal with which i guess is the point of parody and comedy in the first place but 
I'm just saying, Sometimes. I laughed my head off in this. I thought it was really funny. I think the writing's really well done. It is absolutely not uh, just a Trump bash. That's not how they handle it. It's more like wacky scenario based some, somewhat sort of on a real-life thing that happened, and then just ridiculousness ensues. And the guy that plays Trump's voice is the spitting image oh, of yeah, his voice great it's freaky how much it, I, in fact amazing. when i first thought, heard it i thought he was doing it i was like whoa wait he is is he in on this like <laughs> for just a second <laughs> and they're great for my ratings <laughs> i'm not gonna read any of the scripts i'm just gonna say the words yeah it's kind of it's kind of what happened to me when i saw it and so there's this running joke through the series so far where nobody can say melania's name right and it's everybody and it's handled in such a way that it's very meme and funny because when they do it like Pence's wife will calls her Melandria or some name. It's really funny the way it's delivered. And here's one of my favorite examples I played at the top of the show. But this is Trump saying goodnight to her and then can't get her name right. So here you go. Good night, LaGuardia. I mean, Melania. It's really funny, dude. I think that show is great. So I'm just going to throw it out there and say, despite what you may think, despite how sticky everything is right now, it's actually this like genuinely well-written, funny, animated show that's on Showtime. And I'm going to keep going because I like it. And I guess there's two seasons. So anyway, that's what I wanted to tell you. Justin, what do you take? What do you make of all that? Why do you think that? Why do you think it works for me when I when normally I should just be put off by it? Because, you know, I don't want to. Oh, no, I think it's written for you. Yeah, I think it's written for you. Yeah, no, well, it's it's I mean, it's executive produced by Stephen Colbert. It's written for people that are frustrated with the Trump administration. And so it did. I don't know why it would be a surprise that you would like it. It's you are the audience. You're the target audience for it. It's true, but if, <laughs> if it wasn't good or wasn't well made, I think I would be completely turned off by it because I it's it's too like I told yeah, you. Yeah, I text. don't know. I, I I will I will say I have not seen it. At your request, you texted me about this yesterday. At your yeah. request, I watched one of the episodes that they have uploaded on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, my initial opinion holds that I don't know if it's for me. I don't know. It, it was it, it 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 did seem a little easy, you know. Every everybody's uh, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily for me, but but again, everybody uh, comedy is a a subjective medium. Sure, sure. I'm I'm a little surprised by that because I think it it struck me as smart comedy, the kind you would like, like not just simple fish in the barrel type jokes. There's a there's a bunch of that, but that's more of like the accepted milieu of it. It's like, okay, are you watching this? We'll just know that we all think Trump's an idiot. Okay, now beyond that, we're going to turn Stephen Miller into this guy crazy, like heavy metal obsessed, satanic wacko. We're going to turn Ted Cruz into this <laughs> ridiculous over the top, like show up in the bathroom while Trump's in the shower for no reason and uh, demand a bunch of stuff character. It's hard to explain, but like there are moments in that thing I thought were really clever not just easy shots and that's why I appreciate it if it was just easy shots I think I'd just say Neh, not for me not that big a deal you know this is this is an age old thing they had the Bush one live action one before this there's some other live action no, that was brilliant though that was brilliant that's my Bush was hilarious I never because saw they it. literally didn't touch mm -hmm. politics it was it was actually a parody of like the honeymooners and like Three's Company and and sitcom tropes, but there was a reason why they had the same scripts. I for either Bush or Gore, they right. were not going to change the the scripts because it was basically just going to be heightening, like what happens, like. 
who's the wacky neighbor that lives next to the White House? You know, like the the the, the, the ditzy, big-chested secretary uh, that that works for the president, and it's just all these very sitcomy things. That that show was brilliant. That show would probably still be going if it weren't for the fact that it was the South Park guys, and they uh, apparently they both nearly had mental breakdowns uh, doing both South Park and that, and trying to develop. Uh, a movie at the same time right plus they had stage stuff going on with that book of mormon thing so they were probably out of their skulls busy with everything so i totally get that but anyway i just came away liking it i didn't think i was gonna so i'll put it out there that if you love trump you're probably gonna not like it if you uh dislike him or want to make some fun of him i think it's probably gonna be okay if you don't like cartoons don't watch it at all i would say look if if you are of the following things. Uh, uh, you like Stephen Colbert. Yeah, he's all over this enjoy thing. animation. Yeah. And you are frustrated by uh, the president of the United States. Then congratulations. Uh, a lot of really talented people went to work and made a show for you. Yeah. And, and, and you should go. You should go check it out. Yeah, possibly a lot of South Koreans because they all everything gets animated in South Korea now. I have no idea if that's true, but. Is it South Korea or China? South Korea is huge on, like, they do Simpsons and Futurama Forever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Rick and Morty maybe in South Korea now, I forget. But, like, they're, yeah. If you're going to get, if you're going to get on the cheap 24 episode weekly series kind of work done, apparently it's South Korea you go to, is what I heard. That may have changed recently. Well, why aren't you doing it? Why don't you get some cartoons done? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> is there like an upload? Is there like a like a like a task rabbit for uh, a South Korean animation? Like I don't, I don't think so, but that's an interesting concept. Maybe there is, and I just don't know it. I have I have ideas. That'd be great. I just don't have time to animate shit. My daughter wants to yeah. do. My daughter wants to get into. Well, I mean, that. apparently neither does Rick and Morty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it takes a it's it's a very expensive to do in the states to animate anything despite how, you know, tools have advanced and we've gotten to a place where we can automate a lot of stuff, but even then, you gotta you gotta go elsewhere. And it's been going on for decades, so it's like they've got an established workflow with South Korea that just works, and so they, they keep it there now. Well, but, there's the whole, like, wireframe thing, right? Where, like, because that's, like, Archer, that, that whole, like, style of animation where it's a little bit easier to do because you're just modeling the characters and kind of, like, swinging their arms in a way that, that isn't like a, a traditional animation style is that like the norm now or i wouldn't say it's the norm i mean usually so it's, it's funny like even south park when they started they used like straight up they were using stop motion cameras and cut out uh construction paper yeah and that's why that look was the look and today you look at it and go oh that still looks like they're doing that but it's all using like i forgot the name of the software but it's all advanced stuff they went through flash for a long time and now it's it's not Flash anymore. It's something else, Captain Kipper. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah. they, but they've replicated the style, kept it there, made it still look, you know, kind of shitty and bad. But it's much faster, it and they takes, have to it be. It takes a lot less time to make it look shitty and bad now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they yeah. have to be because they're, you know, they're six days to air. They gotta, they gotta crank it. Um, but, yeah. but it's not true of everybody. Sometimes you have things like Rick and Morty, which they build over a period of time and then release as a season or start releasing as a season, and they. Uh, but it's still a similar thing. It's it's a lot of work, and they have to put it out there, and it's not, you know, a lot of that stuff is still hand-drawn. It's just hand-drawn on computers, so you save time on, you know, the old school taking pictures of, of cell cells and stuff that doesn't exist anymore, but it's still a pain. So they outsource yeah. it, 
and um, you know, it's a it works. But well, that but, was the big thing with Rick and Morty that like they it's very hard to order animation piecemeal. Yeah. Like if you're going to order a season of animation, then you're going to have three years between the next season because it just takes X amount of time to write it and, and draw it and animate it and everything. And especially when you're dealing with somebody who is you know, famously a deadline blower like Dan Harmon uh, <laughs> is. So like that was that was like kind of the, the gift of them doing that, like that gigantic, like 300 episode order or whatever of Rick and Morty was like. Well, at the very least, we're we're gonna get a season every year mm -hmm. from here on out until the end of that run, or until Dan Harmon gets fired, because uh, <laughs> that's just like the the fact of of animation is like you just need people working all the time, or it's going to take a year and a half to spin everything. Yeah, again. totally, that's absolutely true. And but I've looked it up; uh, I could never remember the name. It's such a dumb name that you forget it. But it's Animation Studio 2019 is the current hotness. That's what everybody uses. That and a little After Effects when they're doing that. But you can do it with a pretty small team. And in the case of South Park, they don't sub that out. They do it themselves. Um, but again, it's South Park. It's a bunch of, you know, papered-looking dudes moving around a screen. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, someone like will sneak in some paper. 3D thing just for effect or whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah if you ever want to have your mind blown, go watch Six Days to Air. It's a documentary about one week with the South Park guys. And Bill Hader's in it. Remember this, yeah. Brian? No, no, no. If, if, you've, if you've ever wanted to see Bill Hader not say a word and giggle in the corner. <laughs> oh, then, my God. His laughter is hilarious. Like, yeah. yeah he, if you just know him from SNL, you never see this crazy laughing Bill Hader. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Crackling. he, I didn't know he, you know, was writing for them or anything. Like, that thing was, rev that was revelatory. And I well, didn't. But yeah, but I guess they have, they have a very, a very, like, loose, like, they just bring people into the room to just like pitch ideas because they just need all the ideas that they can and then they refine it and animate it and, and, and do it in a freaking six it, it days is, it is an amazing documentary though. yeah it is, it's it is absolutely worth watching if you want to see how those guys do stuff it's a it's a workflow miracle that that thing gets made and it is as popular as it still is <laughs> anyway uh well that's neither here nor there what's on your mind what's going on we got president <laughs> we got a uh, democratic uh, uh debates! <laughs> we got debates. finally yeah. god yeah. Oh, a desert. All you have to do is talk about all these stupid stories. Oh, I heard that somebody doesn't like somebody. I think we're going to go to war with Iran. <laughs> boring. Yeah, that's sure boring. Finally, we're back where I need to be. Yeah. Actual people yelling at each other in an overly dramatic way that really doesn't yell at them but tries to get out their talking points. Debates happen, and it's a double-barreled shot here, Scott. Mm. Wednesday and Thursday. Mm. Wednesday uh, uh, is going to be 10 candidates. Thursday is going to be 10 candidates. Uh, the draw was done randomly, mm. although that wound up being <laughs> a, a, a bit of an uneven draw as now only one of the top five candidates is going to be on Wednesday, and Thursday has the glut of them. Yeah, you got so you got it's like Beto and Elizabeth Warren against everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, the, based on where Beto's uh, uh, polling, uh, you know, he's he's out of the top five at this point. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty low uh, in there. He's got a bigger so, he's got a bigger recognizable name, but he's not doing that great. I mean, pretty much that's Elizabeth Warren. Then you got Booker, Castro, De Blasio, Delaney, Gabbard, Inslee, uh, Cole. Cole, Cole Butcher. Cole Butcher. I don't know. Cole Butcher, yeah. Where's, uh, where's Hickenlooper? Oh, he's on Thursday. 
He's a day two. Hickenlooper. Oh, Hickenlooper is so out of his league. And Michael Bennett also out of his league with uh, both Denver and and both just going to get obliterated here. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, and they're they're on the car crash night uh, on on Thursday where everybody's going to be there. I actually think a lot of people were saying, oh, well, Elizabeth Warren and, and Beto and Booker, like they're buried on the, 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 the night where no one's going to care. But I mean, have you seen what triggers a like national panic in politics these days? Far less than having a bunch of presidential candidates on stage with the entire political media assembled in one city with nothing else to talk and write about for 24 hours. Like yeah. this is not going to be the JV debates the same way that that there were JV debates last cycle where the Republicans had so many candidates that they would put one debate on at like 5.30 in the afternoon and then do the big boys debate at like 8. Uh, this is going to get its own spotlight. I think Elizabeth Warren is going to come out with a lot of momentum because she'll be the star. She's the biggest person there. She's going to lean on her policy experience, and I don't think anybody else is going to be able to to step in her way. In In my mind, on Wednesday... And by the way, I'll be live streaming both of the debates. So go ahead and check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. Nice. And subscribe to my Politics, Politics, Politics podcast if you want uh, breakdowns of uh, both debates after they happen. Uh, uh, I think that the big issue is on Wednesday, Booker, Beto, Klobuchar. If they cannot make some kind of indent into this national conversation that we're having when they have as much real estate as they are going to have, then we really have to have a conversation about exactly why they're running for president. Because uh, (laughs) uh, this is a great opportunity for them to have a little bit of a star turn. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to pay attention to this. And the conversation that you want coming out of Wednesday is, man, they did well. It'll be really interesting to see next month if they uh, pair with Biden and Bernie and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. So, uh, by the way, watching, uh, that's how I'm going to consume these. I'm going to watch my, as a lot of your live stream uh, version of this mm-hmm. because I, I get really, this is weird, but I get really uncomfortable no matter who the debates are, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, no matter what era we're talking about. I can't watch debates for very long without getting super anxious and like getting up and walking around. I can't do it. So I don't know yeah. why that is. I think I'm just I hate the the pomp. I hate the circumstance. I hate the awkwardness. It makes me just feel like I'm on pins oh. and needles for a bunch of like like humanity being shown in this way has always bugged me a little bit anyway when it comes to like, well, what's important for the country? And then we got to watch a bunch of people just look stupid, in my opinion. So I'm going to watch this through your eyes so I can have that oh, experience. I, 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 I feed off it. I swear to God, after two <laughs> nights of debates where ten people are on stage, I'm going to be two inches taller and have a six pack. It's going to it's going to fill me with life. Yeah, I, 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 and that's what I like. I mean, you, you do feed on yeah. it. It's like you're a, you're a demon who's you know sucking the blood of his, of his enemies, <laughs> and that's fantastic because for the rest of us, this will work. By the way, listeners, if any of you listen to my week long, I don't know what it would ended up being like sixteen hours worth of content coverage of E3, where we did the exact mm. sort of thing. That's what you're going to get with Justin, except it'll be way yeah. funnier. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pick up on cues and stuff that I don't think anyone else doing live stuff, including, by the way, Trump's going to live tweet this thing he's he says, which is yeah. really, that's interesting, right? Like, we never, we never oh, no, no, no. going to be as he funny has, as the, he has, uh, yeah. he, he has done exactly what I said he was going to do. Uh, when everyone's like, oh, I wonder if anyone's going to primary him. Like, 
say that enough times and you will be knocked unconscious by Trump's boner. Like that is something <laughs> he desperately wants, desperately wants because he wants to take the Democrats off the front page. He wants to take them out of the top news story. And so he is what he's done all this week. Have you noticed that there's been a lot of Trump interviews this week? Oh, yeah, because tons of it. Because scheduled yeah. a lot of Trump interviews this week. Yeah. He's going to do one with Telemundo, where you know he's going to get hard questions, and he's and he's going to have controversial answers. And that's going to be a big news story. Uh, uh, it's either today or tomorrow that he's doing the Telemundo thing. Uh, uh, this is very deliberate. Him live-tweeting, very deliberate. If he got primaried, he would schedule his debates head-to-head with the Democratic debates and dare the dare the the the, the networks to go split-screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're probably not wrong. And then while his opponent was answering questions, he'd spin plates and uh, uh, and then uh, uh, sing Swanee River while a, a dummy uh, was, was actually moving its lips and he was drinking water. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty much his M.O. to be doing what he's planning on doing. Um, so it's yeah. none of this is a shock, but yeah, you well, know, look, no, he, he knows media. He gets media for yeah, whatever you yeah. think about Donald Trump. He understands media. It was literally his job to keep his name in the news. He knows how to do it more than politicians do. To be mm-hmm. frankly honest, he is the most media savvy politician that we have had in the mass market era. I don't know if anybody was better at it when there was like, you know, you got the word out by sending people on horseback to different towns. But <laughs> in our modern world with television and Internet and stuff like that. Uh, Donald Trump is the best at controlling the narrative. Now, the the bigger challenge is going to be on Thursday when you have all the bold-faced names. You have Bernie, Biden, Mayor Pete, uh, even the upstarts like Andrew Yang. I thought Andrew Yang would have been way better being on Wednesday night because he's an issue candidate and his issue would have stuck out more when he had uh, more airtime, basically, than, than uh, being on the, the big boys' night. But Isn't he a big... Uh, he's a big proponent of that whole... Um minimum minimum allowed wage thing or whatever everybody gets money like a thousand bucks a month minimum the whole world yeah. gets money that's his thing He's universal really- basic income <laughs> that's the word that's the one yeah. uh but the idea is yeah it's a it, it's a thousand dollars a month uh that you would get his pitch is that automation is uh coming for all of our jobs and that uh it would also just be a cleaner way of governing instead of running so it would come it would be an opt-in you would basically have to take yourself off certain welfare programs uh at, to get the thousand dollars a month according to his proposal but uh uh you would he in his mind it's it's just a cleaner way to do it like you just get thousand bucks a month uh, uh to do what you want with no questions asked everybody gets it no matter how rich you are right you just get that thousand bucks are you still yeah. are you still pay taxes on that thousand bucks? I guess we'll hear him say. Maybe he'll say if yes. Uh, he's I don't know. I'm sure that there's some Yang Gang out there that'll probably uh, Yang Gang is 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 slowly creeping up the like uh, <laughs> most uh, heavy emailers. Yeah. Like Yang Gang, Yang Gang will get their emails out. Uh, they're not quite Bernie fans yet, but uh, they are. They're 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 certainly getting there in terms of educating the. The masses. With, Wait, are uh, they with, called? With they are masses. referred to uh, colloquially as uh, as Yang Gangs. Is that a thing? Oh no, no, no! They are the Yang Gang. Like there is no questioning uh, <laughs> that you will know their name. Uh, they are they are the Yang Gang. They like to secure the bag. Mm. Okay, that, is their, that know, is their motto. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Secure the bag. What bag? <laughs> Secure the bag uh, uh, is a colloquial term, yeah. uh, probably from the hip hop uh, community, uh, that you are, if you're securing, like, all right, so uh, uh, Scott, yeah, when you 
uh, uh, took the gig for like BlizzCon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how much you got paid for that, but let's let's imagine in this scenario that you did get it was like a good, a well-paying gig. That would be you securing the bag. Oh well, I didn't. I should have listened to the gang because I didn't secure the bag very well. Well, okay, there you go. You know, you did not secure the bag very well. I secured. Right? I secured hotel and flight. Is what I secured. Sure. For that deal. Do you want to know what? There we go. Yeah. It, 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 it is. No one said the size of the bag. You were just securing the bag. I thought you were going to say it was like putting on a cup or putting your hands in front of your crotch or something to secure the I, th- I really secure thought the, that was the bag. Secure the sack. Not, no, no, secure it, the sack. It, it, oh. it is not secure the ball bag. Okay. It, is, it is indeed just secure the bag. Got it. All right. No, that uh, makes sense. But, yeah, but why do they say that? What is it about him? Is it the $1,000 a month thing that's the securing the bag? Like, what do they mean when they say that about him? Yeah, no, 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 no. That you are, yeah, that, that you are securing the concept of universal basic income. Oh, that is the bag. Okay. The bag is 12, uh, you know, uh, $12,000 a year. Uh, coming into your coffers. Uh, I no mean, I can't, I can't help to like I, th- those kinds of things fascinate me because they're kind of these weird sci-fi ideas of, of future economic responses to changes. So I kind yeah. of, I find them interesting in that way. But I cannot, in the for the life of me, imagine an America that says, "Here's your free grand a month." I, I just can't see it ever passing anything. Like I'm well, not, the, the, I'm but not. but here's 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 the middle road pitch. The middle road pitch is, and it's kind of low key welfare reform, because you are taking yourself off welfare rolls, and getting a thousand dollars a month. So you are effectively taking out the bureaucracy of double checking to make sure that everybody's coming back in and signing up, and 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 you are you are dismantling that element of the government. Uh, for the sake of just, hey, are you a citizen? What's your address? Here's a G. Well, can they do... Okay, here's an idea, Yang, if you're listening, for your big debate. Do that, fine, whatever. But then do an extra 500 on top of that to eliminate healthcare stuff. Everybody gets 500 bucks a month healthcare. That means, like any insurance, uh, the people that don't need it are still paying their 500, like car insurance. You're still paying it even though you never get in a wreck. I've never been in a wreck my whole life. So 26 years of marriage, having uh, been on the same insurance program for my car, I've never been in a single wreck, yet I've paid that insurance every month. But lots of people get in wrecks, so the money that everybody's putting in goes to the people who have wrecks. So people who are sick are going to get the money from the 500 bucks. Like, maybe that solves health care, too. Like, maybe maybe he should talk about that. That'd be a, a thing. I mean, I'm just farting in real time here. I have no idea. How I mean, this like, stuff I works. don't know. I don't know about his healthcare plan. You can. Uh, I know he does have. Uh, he's a fairly detailed uh, policy page on his uh, candidates page, so yeah. you can you can go there and uh, and and read read all about it. And and I'll tell you what, he's uh, uh you know, he's he's doing well. He was on Colbert last night, but but uh, he's not, you know, he's not Joe Biden. So no. I'm sure. Enough, enough verified people just uh, uh, at replied him. <laughs> you could probably well, get a response. Joe Biden can just keep saying really stupid shit, and, and maybe <sighs> maybe other people continue to rise up through that group. And who are you? Who do you, who do you like right now? Do you have a do you have a do you have a favorite now? Um, of the group out of, out of the out of the Dems. I mean, for me, I have a I have a as a someone who <laughs> for many years voted Republican. I just sort of have a get Trump out of their mandate, so I don't care who so much. I would actually take any of these people. Um. I'm least interested in. I'm going to get emails for this. I'm least interested in Bernie. Don't say it. Don't know, say it. I know. I know. Don't say it. You're going to get emails. But probably Elizabeth Warren is the one I like the most. She's fiery and has has stuff to say and seems 
kind of fearless, and I think you need that. So, if I if I'm if I'm not writing in Mitt, Mitt has Mitt has wet, <laughs> he has wet noodled his way out of my heart. Sorry, <laughs> he just has freaking f that. Uh, but yeah, like I I think Elizabeth Warren is almost she's like a I know she's got a lot of uh, liberal ideas, but I also think she's the closest we've got to a centrist candidate. Uh, and Biden, That's I, you can say that about Biden for sure. Cause you know, he's, I mean, Biden, Biden is running in the moderate lane. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is a progressive, uh, a candidate who is, uh, has like some, she has some like moderate kind of like paint on her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she, uh, no, no reference to her Cherokee heritage there. I just want to make that clear. No emails about uh, that. <laughs> just Although, by the way, I made fun of her relentlessly for that, yeah. as I think I should have. Yeah. Uh, but but credit to her, she really dug herself out of a disastrous start to her campaign, and she really did it being propelled by being the first person to call for impeachment mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the 2020 Democrats. Like Right after the Mueller report dropped, uh, she called for impeachment, and her, her numbers uh, kind of brought her back up to the upper echelon before that she was farting around in like uh you know a, a booker territory uh and now <laughs> she's uh now, now she's back up there so she has really turned things around uh and, and it's it's curious uh, uh you know to hear her described as a moderate because i do think that part of the reason why joe biden has done so well right now is because there aren't a lot of moderates right yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Uh, there's really he was the only guy who's like come out and say said look i'm a i'm a moderate now i still think he's going to continue to say really stupid stuff or have a, a real senior moment during one of these debates <laughs> uh and and things will derail for him yeah but uh, uh it, it's curious to see who would slot in to kind of take some of that heat because uh so many of the candidates have run fairly far to the left at least compared to uh, democratic candidates in the past in terms of like medicare for all and Green New Deal and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they just all need to focus on the one job they have at this moment, which is to get that a hole out of office. But if they're gonna go left, I guess you can't stop them. My problem with Biden is he's just—I don't know—he did nothing. He kind of just didn't do anything for the Obama years. Just kind of sat around and high-fived his president. Like there wasn't a lot going on there. And then prior to that, it's a little spotty. A couple of moments here and there, and his history where I'm like, yeah. I don't know about that. And then he said does said some dumb stuff lately. Whatever. They're all going to say dumb stuff. All of them say dumb stuff. That can't be my big thing. My big thing is get Trump out of there, and I'll take just about any of them. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, this Yang guy is interesting Hick, to me. Except Hickenlooper. Except Hickenlooper. No Hickenlooper allowed. We can't have a president Hickenlooper. No. That is even. That's not even a cool like. President Warren no. is a very cool movie name. Right. President Ryan, right. President O'Rourke, President uh, uh, Gabbard, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, President de Blasio, probably not good. Castro, that's a cool name, President Castro. It's never going to happen, though, because Americans yeah. are weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I don't, but you can't say President Hick- Hickenlooper. You can't say, ah, the, Tur- the Turks no. have taken the nukes, President Hickenlooper. What should we do? That's just one Woo. notch. Barely one notch above President Camacho. Well, Hickenlooper also had a big thing about how he has face blindness. Did you see this? No. No. Is that his way of saying oh. I don't see color? Or, no, he doesn't recognize people. He can't remember that he met them. Isn't that what that is? Oh, face really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has like a disability where, with, with face blindness. Like he he keeps, uh, uh, like he'll meet somebody and then not be able to remember them, which is like, oh. 
man, I, I'm I'm sure he's really afflicted by it. I don't want to make fun of anybody's disability, man. I have that every nerd time. If I were to lie about something, <laughs> that's what I would lie about. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm saying that I would lie uh, uh, to say, man, it's a good thing to lie about yeah. <laughs> because I forget people all the yeah. time. Yeah, it does seem. Yeah. I would also I would also embellish it and be like, there's a reason I have a medical reason why I have to call everybody dude and buddy. Yeah. Because <laughs> Does he call people dude and buddy a lot? No, that's what I do. Oh, I, I, I do. Great to see you again, buddy. Yeah, hey, buddy. Hey, dude. Man, dude, buddy. Wait a minute. You say that to me every time we meet up at like Las Vegas or Nertacular mm-hmm. or Oh. Man, great, great great point, my man. Uh Tensa. <laughs> A sense of trend. Um, I, I uh, sorry. I, w- I would say that uh, of all these candidates, the most smart one I've heard, the one that seems the most head on his shoulders, uh, like less freak, less prone to just riling everybody up for no reason, is Buddha mm-hmm. Judge. But we're not going to. He's, he's in. He's in deep uh, poop now too. Yeah, he's got his own stuff to to deal with at home. But I, my bigger issue is, I don't think America's ready to hire a gay dude. I want him to. I would love a gay dude in the office. That would be amazing. Let's do it openly. I, I should say openly gay president. I'm sure we've had a few that we just don't want to talk about in the past. But mm, yeah, James, James Buchanan winks from yeah. gay heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Buddha Buddha Judge would be awesome because I think he's smart. And despite his issues he's having now with uh, North Bend or is it South Bend? South Bend. Um, South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, uh, and that—that's a really serious situation. A uh, a cop shot an unarmed. Well, he was holding a knife, uh, but he had dropped the knife. Uh, a black guy. Uh, there's a lot of shady stuff there, including the body cams and the dash cam not being on. And then the the police officer drove the guy to the hospital instead of waiting for an ambulance, which is also kind of weird. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, 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 this I guess like picks on a wound that has been there for a little bit uh, with with Buddha Judge, where um, he is, uh, you know, he's got he's got a problem uh, with with the with the African American community in South Bend. Yeah, at least he seems like he's trying real hard. I don't know; it just seems legit. Well, look, I mean, th- th- exactly what you just said is the reason why I'm kind of bullish on him. Yeah, like I am I am bullish on uh, a Buddha Judge because I do believe that they're. To be elected president, you kind of need to be a phenomenon. Yeah. Like, I I can't really name a president who... There's been times where two uninspiring people have run, but in general, people get themselves worked up over anybody, and if it's somebody that you can really get yourself worked up over, they very rarely lose. Yeah. Uh, and, And we saw that with Obama. The only person that I can see in that field... Would be, I mean, obviously, either one of the women for first woman president or Buddha judge for the first gay president. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is something that people can really, really, really uh, get excited about. And the woman thing, I, you know, I, I think that it's going to take people to warm up to that because everybody got real fired up about it four years ago and it didn't happen. So there's, there's a little, like, when I talk to my mom about who she likes, but she's like, yeah, you know, I just don't know if people aren't there for a woman president. Like, like she just has hesitation. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, that that is something that will take a little bit for people to get over. Yeah, I think that's what I'm talking about. And I I feel it, but don't. I wish it wasn't a thing. Like, bring him in. Let's have a let's have a gay president. That place is going to be awesome. 
<laughs> like I just trust it more. I don't know why. I just do. Like I, I Although just... but his his thing is that he's like very boring. He has he has crafted his image very carefully and and he's like to be the first gay president, he is going to be the most I'm talking about how often I go to church. Uh every picture of me and my husband are going to be uh, uh very quietly reading in our den with a sleeping dog next to us and then you know, maybe somebody else just yawning in clip art, uh, you know, uh, through the window just to show how boring this isn't. We're not going to foam parties like you know, this is. Yeah, but nobody uh, wants nobody wants them to be, uh, you know, fringy. They want him to be like. No, I know. But that's but that and that's why he's doing that. He's he is he is going out of his way. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, to make sure that people don't think that he is. Uh, uh, you know, here on as we as we wind down Pride Month, uh, he's gonna be showing up anywhere wearing only a cock sock. <laughs> but I think there's a reason why Bi- Biden is in the lead because everyone thinks that this is the safest route on the referendum. Like that's how you get you get somebody like Trump out because you don't have an extreme thing that's gonna push people away and say, "Well, I can deal with another year, four years of Trump. I'm not having a gay dude in the office. I'm not having a lady in there." Like all those divisions. Although, although I do think that part of it is also like the way that Donald Trump and we saw it in, when he relaunched his campaign, the way that he's going to run against people if they are one of the more progressive candidates is like he gets a big applause line for America will never be a socialist country. Right. Right. Like right, right. and and I know that Republicans have called Democrats socialist forever. It's kind of like their favorite thing in the world to do. Yeah. Uh, but by the issues, Medicare for all and the Green New Deal are very aggressive, progressive strategies, and that's what their fans love about them. Yeah. Bernie Sanders coming out yesterday and saying that he's going to spend $1.6 trillion to cancel all student debt. Uh, uh, you know, that's a very, very, very progressive policy. And again, that's what the people that are going to vote for him in the primary, those are the ride or dies. That's what they care about. And you have to make an argument at a certain point that that makes sense because... Donald Trump took an otherwise fringe issue for the Republican Party in like building a wall and, and making immigration the focus. That was never that was always a tertiary issue for a lot of conservatives and won the presidency on it. So why can't it happen on the left? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think people are weird, so I can never guess what's going to happen. But I do look forward to your coverage. So check that out. Uh, when does that begin tomorrow? People can tune in. That is uh, Justin. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be live probably a half hour before the debates. Uh, uh, just go ahead and follow me now, Justin R. Young on Twitch. And if you're in, speaking of uh, Pride, if you're going to be in the San Francisco, if you're around the San Francisco Bay Area, you're going to watch me cover the debates. Come watch me live on Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. at the Piano Fight Theater. Uh, I will be doing my show, Can I Finish, where I take clips from the debates we just saw, we're going to make fun of them. We're going to make memes out of them. It's going to be a real, real, real fun time. Uh, you can get your tickets right now. Bit.ly slash PX number three June. Again, bit.ly slash PX number three June. Uh, go ahead and get your tickets now. Uh, and if you are thinking about maybe making it a weekend, uh, this is Pride Weekend in San Francisco. One of the biggest uh, and uh, a wildest pride parades uh, on Sunday. So come on in. It's a great weekend to be in the city. And then Sunday, if you want to go check out the parade, go check it. Are you going to dress up at all? Are you going to do like some, uh, you know, I don't know, look like a, a big rooster or some kind of, I don't know what they do at pride parades. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't know. You know, I. I. Uh, uh, I've gone to the Pride Parade a couple times. Um, it, it definitely is uh, pretty hectic. I would encourage everybody to go once, but I will say that I've gone once. So yeah, my daughter, it, just, my, my daughter, it's just a lot of people. It, it, it's a, and especially if I'm. If I'm gonna be out hanging with uh, hanging with uh, everybody who comes out to the show, I don't know if I'm gonna want to wake up and get right. <laughs> but you might, you might. Yeah, you might. Uh, my daughter did photo work for the Salt Lake one, which has just gotten bigger and bigger every year, and um, it was amazing. Holy crap! This year was the most colorful thing I'd ever seen. Just like her photos were popping, man. I should put some of that stuff up. It was like, whoa, holy crap! These guys know how to party. Yeah. Anyway. Oh no. It's it's always it's huge and it is like a uh you know it's not it's not like a, a the '90s anymore you know it's a it definitely is a, a big and colorful but uh, there's all sorts of families and oh stuff yeah like that. yeah it's so, not it's just good. cod pieces and and wieners you can get there you'd be fine everybody go and check it out uh all right uh that's it let's be done uh, uh it's been great having you on man uh, uh and we've done everything we need to do I guess because you're gonna have all this stuff coming up. It's Justin Robert Young, everybody. Justin R. Young on Twitter. Yep. Have a fantastic week. See you. Goodbye. See you, gerbs. All right. I didn't hang up on him. Is my video showing up for you or no? It is. Yep. It's sure spinning is. for me, but if it's showing to you, I don't care. I see the other one spinning. I see the one that's called... Oh, the oh, frog pants, funny. whatever. I see the one that's called Coverville. I see my video spinning. Yeah, that's it's hilarious. A, it's something with the recent, the recent update. Sometimes people's own video shows is not working, but it's working. So I don't know. I'm just so not happy with Discord because of the clipping that I'm getting. Are you getting more clipping the, now? Um, Are you still getting clipping? Yeah, way more. Like Whoa. last couple of days have just been. What is that clipping? I don't know if I've talked to I think I feel like I've talked over you and Jury a couple of times. It's like, ah, uh, because I'll start saying something and then it'll continue the thing that it clipped while i'm talking it's like oh crap i'm talking over him now yeah but so i don't know if it's just if it's just catching up or we what. got this cool thing that i tried yesterday with Dunaway for boop show and it totally worked it was great i just don't have a solution for guests yet so we're gonna work out some stuff and play around with some new we're always looking for something good new. <laughs> so i'll do it sure, in the chat room you are the only one that has a problem oh, man. <laughs> i love it he hung around just oh, long yeah? enough just long enough to give us a little crap on that level that's fantastic Oh go, yeah! Go, go stream. Go turn on your stream. Yeah. Jerry. Go to your go to your thing. Oh yeah! Yeah. He just. It's always. Oh yeah. All right. That's gonna do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with your normal Wednesday tomfoolery, which is very exciting. My daughter gets home today at one. I'm very excited. She even includes tomfoolery. Yeah, tomfoolery will be here. Also known as Tom Merritt, the Internet's own, and uh, of course Nicole and Recommendals and all that. So come back for the Wednesday fun. We'll also have uh, Babel Royale tomorrow morning, which means you could win some prizes. Yay. So come back for that. A little done away in our lives. That never hurts. Patreon.com slash TMS is the website you go to to help support the show you love. We assume you love it. I don't want to make any assumptions, but I think you do. If you do, support us there. Patreon.com slash TMS for everything else. Frogpants.com slash TMS. Brian, play us a song, please. I will. This one's going out to Xander. Uh, it's a little bit late, but I feel like we can still still get away with this. Uh, he says the St. Louis Blues won their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Uh, the team adopted Gloria as their victory song this season, and we got to play it one last time while raising the cup as the NHL champions. Technically, Laura Branigan's version of Gloria is an English cover of Italian song of the same name by Umberto Tozzi. Whoa. If you can't play the Laura Branigan version, which I won't, um, I'd be happy to hear <laughs> any other version to celebrate the biggest win in St. Louis Blues history. Let's go Blues, signed Xander. Uh 
I know. Greg from Boston already booing. I, I, is he booing or brewing? Oh. oh, what do they? You guys don't like? Uh, oh, you mean bl- not because you don't like they her? Lost, they lost the championship. Oh, they I think it was. I think it was upset that you don't like Laura Branigan or something, or that we were going to play oh, that no, version. No, no, no. All right. Um, all right, so this is, uh, I'm actually going to play the original version because it's kind of interesting to hear the version that inspired um, lo- the late, great Laura Branigan's uh, version. Here is Umberto Tozzi from the uh, Rhino High Five from 2007 with the original version of Laura Branigan's Gloria.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Don't listen to him, Gloria. He's lying.